Cheers. Thank Cheers. you for coming through. Thank you for inviting I'm me. I'm not going to kidnap you and you can still do your podcast next week. Well, actually. Maybe you should kidnap me. Why? For two weeks. Why? So I'm like on vacation. So Dan just has like, oh, we don't know where Fernanda is. Yeah. I don't have to worry about her. Exactly. She's coming. Let me get you to pull that out in front of you real quick. There we go. That's it's more of a, it's more of a up. Up. There you go. I, I do just not put into know whatever. technology. I'm very Brazilian. <laughs> we just get Miami Weiss. <laughs> you can just, uh, you know, take it. With, this I actually installed yesterday. Ooh. So I used to use those uh, stands right there, uh, just in the corner there. Yeah. And they were just a little bit too awkward. Like it was, I had the, the stand sitting there. And for that, I was just sitting in front mm-hmm. of the, the unit there. And it's just awkward. This, you can just... Move around wherever you want. You want to go do burpees or something? You can bring it with I'm you. I'm good. <laughs> no. I already went to the you gym You went to the today. gym? So you're good. I mean, halfway through the bottom, if you challenge me, <laughs> I might try it. We'll do some sprints out there or something. See who's faster, you or Alfred. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, they already ran today. So I'm fatigued. I feel like he has the, the advantage. The advantage? There. Oh, he has a lot of pent up energy. Like me and my fiance, we were on break for the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so we just went back to work and she's gone back to school. And uh, now he has that little bit of a void. He's like, where's all my love? They were just here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're me now. Um, your podcast. Yes. I did listen to the last episode today at work. The one with Dan. With Dan, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to bring get you to bring that a little bit closer. Just a little. There we go. Just enough room that you can still sip I'm your wine. like always afraid That's to wine. break things. <laughs> No, don't worry. It's good. Did I not perfect. break this? This is perfect. If you break it, I'll send it over to Dan and he can cover it for you guys. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, okay, this is better. It's good. The, that's perfect. Awesome. Um, the the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, well, not one, but I got plenty of stuff that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> um, I find it very encouraging uh, and it gives me a little bit of hope. Mm. that uh, don't take this in a demeaning way whatsoever <laughs> okay. but to be able to do a podcast in your second language yeah is very impressive in my opinion and to be even a freaking journalist <laughs> in, a, in a second language how where does your experience come from first of all like where did you learn english did you go to english school how does it work down in brazil like i'm being completely ignorant here. <laughs> no, help good. me out <laughs> um, uh, it's good that you ask instead of just assuming yeah <laughs> uh, no so i learned english basically by myself um, okay. but we have english at schools like it's basic it's mandatory in every school so you get a little bit of like a base or something mm-hmm. but then um i just got curious and i started watching a lot of television when oh, okay. uh, when i was like nine or ten um because i just didn't really have friends um <laughs> which you know it's fine it builds character <laughs> Was that I, the intention when you were watching these shows, though, to learn English, or no. was it just a entertainment aspect? Just entertainment. But then I started getting curious. Like I wanted to learn things. So what I would do is, uh, we didn't really have an option to not have subtitles. So I would like block out the subtitles with like a piece oh, of wow. paper and try to pick it up, pick just get the words and things like that. Um, and I, I, I think I just had a knack for it. Like some hmm. people are, you know. That was my talent. <laughs> yeah, yes. learning another language. Learning not just, and everybody's like, "Well, so you're good with languages?" Nope, just English, <laughs> just the one. Portuguese, so English, Spanish. done. Yeah, some Spanish, but yeah, uh, yeah and th- that that was sort of like that. And then at the same time, um, uh, I switched like units in my school. It's, anyway, it, it, I was in the same school but with a different building. Okay. And the system with English was a little more advanced. They had okay. levels. 
Um, and I was the youngest person in the highest level. Like I went to the third level. Bravo, bravo. Uh, but then there, it really picked up because I, I, you know, was able to combine my curiosity and what I had been learning by myself and the classes. And uh, but I think that's a lot of people tell me that I do not have a strong Brazilian accent. And I think a lot of the reasons like a hint. No, of I have it. a hint of it, but it's it. not it's if you listen to other Brazilians speaking, mm -hmm. it's not that strong. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I learned by listening. I didn't mm -hmm. learn by textbooks or things like that. So it just like it. it Suck, got stuck in my brain but I always joke that Seinfeld taught me English <laughs> and it helped yeah. but there was a little bit of Baywatch there too Baywatch you're a hustle off bro. I would watch because it was everything so I would watch Cheers oh you okay uh, Baywatch um, the Cosby show which now is a little uh, unfortunate but it I'll happened. cut that part out <laughs> 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 please do uh, married with children wow okay. uh, snl reruns okay which was hilarious because they were reruns from like 30 years ago and i was like a child and i did not understand american culture so I just got, why was i laughing at that yeah. but I, I was i just thought every like dana carvey's church lady and things like that so it was a combination of things but mostly um mostly self-taught um just the fluency of it all but the, but then by 14 I was fluent. Uh was the goal like what was your what were your aspirations at that time though? Like did you know you wanted to get into journalism or even writing? I know you you went the, the episode that you had with Esther Lynn you guys were talking about how you mainly started off writing by writing children's books? No, no, or, no. Or am I I'm off on that. Okay. <laughs> no, Damn it research. It's okay. It was you a long gap. I, I remember the name. It started with a Z though. <laughs> right? Zaluise or something? Yeah, that is weird that you know that. That's good. Gotta memory. do a little bit of research on the people that no, I bring in. No, you're right. No, yeah. I thought that you, I understood that definitely. No, so yes, I, I used to write things that I wrote this little like series called Zeloise. So okay. yes, that happened. Um, but I just wrote. I did not have any intentions of being a journalist. I did not know what I wanted to do. I was a nerd. I was a good student. Uh, but I, I thought about maybe becoming a history teacher. Mm, and, interesting. Yeah. Journalism. How life would have been so different oh, that if would you have went been, that route. <laughs> I would have committed murder by now. Imagine me teaching <laughs> children. Did, did you did you have like a, a sector of history that you were really interested um, in? Just world history. Just world history. Yeah. Nothing specific. Nothing but just, specific. Interesting. I like wars and things like that. I'm, but I'm the same way. <laughs> I love war. I don't know what it is. Oh my God. I just so Have you seen the Netflix um show that they have like the world war ii in colors it's on my list i haven't even my fiance wants to watch it as well she's he very into it as well i need it's on the list we started the first episode got yeah. halfway through and then we start watching something else but definitely want to get into that like that fun. new 1917 movie that just came out oh, I, mean, I want to go see that it won like a golden globe right yeah and it comes out tomorrow <laughs> so good just it's just i don't know it's riveting like i hate war and guns of but course. i like war stuff it's, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> when they're able to do it so well in movies you're just yeah. like yes i want to watch it are, are you into like the the like the guns war or like the medieval swords guns, war. guns war? i'm i'm, yeah. I'm the i'm the yeah. other way i'm the other way i like the the knights and like the i don't know if that makes me a little nerd or whatever but <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> are we all that's so true um no i i really enjoy that aspect of history i don't, I don't know what it like maybe be trying to figure out the mindset that these yeah. guys had when you're just army versus army running at each other and like it's just you know if i'm at the mall and people are shoulder to shoulder with me i'm like oh my god <laughs> and i'll think about being stabbed and trampled on yeah. and stuff like that that's no, insane it's insane and then you think about uh the hygiene situation oh. I, my mind always goes there i feel so <laughs> weird i'm like it must, 
this situation must smell bad. Like, why am I? These people are dying, and this is what I'm worried about. Uh, but I, I used to be into the medieval shit when yeah. I first started getting into history, and then I just started like, um, yeah. I was going to be a history teacher, I thought, or whatever. But then uh, I liked writing, and my dad was like, oh, no, you should get a real profession and not teacher. Little did he know. That's a, He doesn't <laughs> consider that as a real profession? Uh, my dad is an engineer. Okay, his mind, okay. Was like, so he's sitting on his high horse over <laughs> yeah, exactly. here. Exactly. Like- it was like, either you're a doctor, like you have to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Like, these are the... And then I said journalist, and he was like, <laughs> I'll allow it. I already have two lawyers. I'll allow a journalist. But uh, what was his reaction when you told him that you wanted to get into MMA journalism? He liked it. Interesting. Because that's the thing. Like uh, the rest of my family, everybody was puzzled. Yeah. I was puzzled. I remained puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, I'm like, what is happening? That's pretty much the story of anybody in the MMA industry. <laughs> exactly. Like it just happened. And then you look at like, fuck, it's too late now. I, I myself, uh, I started off way back, like, it was just a, a coincidence that I kind of fell into my lap. I became a fan in 08. In 2011, I went to a school for music business. And one of my roommates uh, had a friend that was disabled but needed help every now and mm-hmm. then. And he came by the, the room one time and uh, my, my roommate wasn't there. And he just needed help with the vending machine. And this kid was in sports management. Yeah. And he goes, oh, uh, Daniel was telling me that you're really into the UFC. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> huge fan, right? He goes, oh, we have a uh, head of PR for Canada coming to give a speech. Yeah. Do you want his contact? I'm like, yes, please, please. It was Steve Keel. I'm not sure if you yeah, remember no, that. Yeah, I, I remember by name. Yeah. Uh, so I emailed him. And luckily, it was right before they came to Toronto for the first time for that Jake Shields and George St. Pierre card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they needed help. Like first time they're ever doing fifty five thousand people, right? It was it was insane for them. So uh, they they asked me if I want to volunteer. I'm like I'm totally in. I'm whatever you guys need me. Don't pay me. I'll pay you to help you guys. <laughs> whatever it is, just let me help. So I ended up helping the PR team. Uh, Heidi Dean. Yeah. Um, Dave Shawler was there back then. I love them. Dave Shawler was the best. He's awesome. I love that guy. There was there was one night we were working really late trying to get media passes done, and uh, he's just I think he's going cuckoo at this time. (laughs) But he was like doing wrestling WWF entrances, coming through the door, pretending. I don't know if you were ever into WWF WWE back in the day, but yeah, it's not a thing in Brazil. Oh, it's really. Yeah, we called it. We had an old version called Tally Catch. Never heard. So everybody's like sometimes I'll say I, I do I work with MMA and people are like oh tally catch and I'm like no <laughs> Dude. yeah that's kind of how I feel when people try to mistake it I'm like no, no. MMA it's different no, I was like you do you boo but that's not my <laughs> thing uh, but yeah not not yeah. a huge it's very niche but he, he would like come out and like pretend he's yeah. the wrestlers and stuff it was great it was, it was super fun but uh, I you know, I was hoping that's when they opened up the Canada offices as well and now I'm like I really want to get into this yeah. job but really what were you doing like with I was doing uh, PR, just like just literally doing regular PR. PR, so I would help with like the setup and tear down of the press conferences. Yeah. I did PR for the UFC for a while for yeah. the Brazil side. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't. Was it Canada and Brazil? Were they working together? Those two offices? Oh no, sorry, it was Canada and Australia. Yeah, that's what uh, it was. But we've had people from the Canada office go to Brazil, or did I meet them in Vegas, mm-hmm. Carolyn? Carolyn Blakely, yep. Yeah. She just got on her, uh, around the time that I went out there to Calgary. There was a Calgary event yeah. when Burrell fought uh, Faber. I was out for that event. I helped them with uh, a ton of events. Uh, and then uh, they, they shut down the Canadian offices. And I was like, crap. Then they only had like Carolyn and uh, they even let go of Tom Wright, who was like yeah, the president over there. That, 
so that really bummed me out. But then I really started to get involved with the regional scene here. Uh, there was a the, channel the called... The guy Disco- was in charge of like Latin America and uh, he's Canadian. Dave Shaw. Dave Shaw. I I, <laughs> I don't, don't like. But did you him. meet him then? No. Yes, he was. He, he was already. on the team. Okay. He was actually the one that introduced me to Vanderlei. So he goes, oh. "Oh, I heard you're a big Vanderlei fan." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> please." Awesome. He's such a nice guy. He's so awesome. I got a two for one package. I got Vanderlei and Tiago Alves. Oh, he calls <laughs> me like, honorary Canadian. Dave Shaw. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So I, I started working with the regional scene. We had a we had a uh, promotion here, Score Fighting Series. The Score was a huge channel here, mm-hmm. and they were doing their own MMA events. Uh, we had like Jordan Meehan. We had a couple of these guys yeah. that eventually made it to the UFC then Rogers I'm sure you've heard oh, the name yeah way he back was, in the day he was a ch- he's still a child he's still a child <laughs> yeah he started fighting when he was like 12 or yeah, something but he's like a thousand and five years <laughs> yeah but. exactly um, so I went down for that uh, and then Rogers bought out the score. They shut down the score, shut down the score fighting series because they had a contract with the UFC mm-hmm. uh, to broadcast their rights <clears throat> so after that happened I, I didn't know what to do uh, I eventually made it a couple other contacts we did this event, Substance Cage Combat. Do you recognize any of the names on there? <laughs> That's awesome. Right? <laughs> that fight actually ended up getting canceled because his opponent pulled out. Uh, so he didn't really? end up fighting for us. Yeah, he didn't end up fighting. Jason Sago, he fought for the UFC Yes, too, right? he was... Uh, Alex Ritchie too, no? Yes. I believe Jason Sago and Alex Ritchie were actually supposed to fight each other. And then Sago got the call up to the UFC. Oh, okay. So that's that fight got scrapped too. It, it's just so tough in Ontario specifically because the commission was super strict. Yeah. Like they were charging like up the butt for like random fees. Like it, mm-hmm. it's very rare to see a regional MMA promotion in Ontario. In the last couple of years, it's kind of picked up a little bit, but it's nothing like the West Coast. The West Coast just has, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're just able to put on event after event after mm-hmm. event uh, and keep a following. We that's the toughest part here. Like it's hard to create a following to make an MMA promotion successful or even successful enough to break even. Yeah. We and lost. That's a, but that's the issue in Brazil as well. Right is now. it? Like you guys have jungle fight there, which is huge. It, but it hasn't been happening for it. They just came back for a while. And I think it had to do with like government support and things like that. But they used to have like events very often and now super rare. Um, we have Shudo and things yeah. like that, but it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very hard everywhere. But like I said, it's very hard to even just break even. Like, if it's not the UFC, it's, yeah, even PFL is having issues. Yeah. Bellator has issues, stuff like that, right? Um, what, what I what I was going to say is, I, I actually put together this page every UFC event. I, I'm not sure how much research you've done into myself None. since nothing at all. So I also do uh, surprise me. <laughs> I also do MMA handicapping. Are you oh, a yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, this I know. Yeah. So I do um, every UFC event. I make a page where I link the last uh, however many fights from 2013 for every single fighter. And the ones that I find probably the funniest are the Brazilian small promotions. That just <laughs> seem like the cage is in a small area where yeah. like it's just enough that the, the bleachers are right there, right beside it. And it's... Uh, <laughs> have, you been to, have you been to any regional or... Many like I've been to good regional events, never like good shady shit. Because I get I worry because I'm like that if this person like breaks their jaw, like yeah, they're screwed. where's the insurance? What, yeah, it, it, there isn't any, so they're just gonna be sent to like a public hospital. I don't know. It's just like my mind goes there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it got worse over the years. Like mm-hmm. at first, I was just like violence. <laughs> yes, feed me blood. Love it. <laughs> and after a while, I was kind of like. Maybe no. 
Maybe these are actual <laughs> human people. It, it might have been once you start to converse with these the fighters, athletes, right? Absolutely. Once you start to really build a yeah. relationship with them, they're like, okay, this is more than just seeing these guys who punch yeah. each other in the face. Absolutely. Right? And just my consciousness. Because okay? at first it was kind of like, okay, they sign contracts. Like, this is what they do. They're consenting adults. And then, in, you know, in time you start realizing that things aren't that simple. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I went, I did, I go to, I went to a few shooto events. Cause, nice. uh, so when I first started like getting really into MMA, um, I, my boyfriend owned a website that's kind of big in Brazil, MMA Brazil. Oh yeah, you probably of heard course. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I actually started doing their podcast. It was oh. me and my, they are now on a fancy studio, like four people. Wow, like, it's it's a thing. It's yeah, a whole yeah, event. Yeah. But when when it started, it was me and my ex Alexandre who owns the website. Um, he's currently he stepped down from like covering things, but he was very much involved in the day to day. And we would just like sit in front of his computer with like a shitty ass computer <laughs> recorder and just like yeah. have the song play in this like <laughs> the, the extents like, people will go just to look professional phone. oh my it god was ridiculous That's awesome. and we would just talk for two and a half hours which wow. is, to me is insane i yeah. do not do any episodes now over one hour yeah uh but we would do that every week three hours <laughs> It you guys, was, Joe Rogan, the Brazilian Joe Rogan down there? I, was, I had to like hydrate, like warm up before we You had to go to the washroom, do all this stuff, <laughs> get that out of the way. No, and, every, and sometimes I'd be like, okay, I need to pee, so <laughs> you do you, and then I'll so, leave. Uh, you mentioned on the last podcast that you said you, you started off in soccer. Or you did some soccer um, coverage. I did some soccer. Yeah. Is, so was it soccer first, then MMA, or did it couple together? How, how it was did that kind work? of coupled together because so I went to school for journalism in Brazil. It's a little different. Like we don't have the major, minor type system. You pick a degree and you go into school for that thing. Four so, years. Four years. Yeah. Uh, journalism, and it was like no way out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you you're yeah you're stuck with this wow <laughs> halfway through i hated it i really? hated it i did not want to be a journalist but i was like i'm just gonna finish this <laughs> give my dad a degree be like hey dad here it is <laughs> uh, my dad is a nice person i'm making him seem like the mom no. he's nice he's looking out for your best interest uh, yeah, that's all it's just a little old-fashioned <laughs> Uh, but so I was kind of like in that mentality, but in order to get the degree, I had to get an internship. Like mm-hmm. it was mandatory and, uh, all my friends had already gotten internships and I did not want it because I was like, I do not want to work with this. <laughs> this was like my worst nightmare. Wow. But they had an opening at this really big paper in Brazil, in Brazil called Jornal do Brasil. Okay. Which was one of the biggest for a while, but it was going under. Oh. Um, so the interns worked like reporters because Mm -hmm. they we were cheap labor yeah they couldn't yeah they didn't have to pay you guys right they didn't pay you at all no we we got paid paid internship yeah that's a blessing up here peanuts mm, though better than nothing yeah it is right at the time it felt like a fortune (laughs) i can go get all the cheap wine that i want well i didn't even drink back then oh really no i said i'm a late bloomer i'm i'm you know getting there but Make it up for a lot of time. Took the tricycle wheels <laughs> off recently. That's <laughs> exactly. it. <laughs> Flew straight to the moon. But uh, yeah, so uh, it was enough. But we, so I used to work there and I started in the online sector. I did basically everything, but mostly translations. Okay. Because uh, that was the one thing that I had, my English. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the main, the main reason why they brought me over. So 
I would do translations and just like quick hits and things like that, which I did not mind because I did not want to interview people. I did not <laughs> want any part of that. I just wanted to like. I'm going to touch on your interviewing skills a little bit later. Just saying. But. Oh, man. I just wanted to like get in and get out. <laughs> like this is just like a thing that I have to do to get this degree. Does, in does when bigger. anybody say Lena Landsberg send chills down your oh, spine a little bit? man. <laughs> But, Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. But continue. I was a good interviewer, or it was just a camera. But we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, I just did not. Um, I, I didn't really want to do it. I was doing it because I had to. Uh, but then I started really enjoying MMA at the time. Mm-hmm. It was kind of simultaneous. And um, the guy who worked in the sports sector of the paper, who was the intern, it was just, it's so weird now that I think about it because it was just like so many things had to come together for. Tell me about it. Things. Oh, for sure. No, the, I believe in the butterfly effect. Like it one was, little change will change the rest of your dude, life. Dude, it was the whole thing. Sorry, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what year roughly was this that you started to get into it? 2009. Okay. I started getting into it in like 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. but uh, the internship was 2009 because I'm very old. Um, <laughs> come on. But it was just, it was interesting because I was starting to like MMA and it was getting big in Brazil. And um, the the sports editor, he was like, you know, just a temporary thing because the actual editor was sick. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> and the actual editor did not like MMA. Uh, but this editor did. And he had a blog, uh, which was interesting because he did not know much about MMA. Oh, my God. That irks me the most. Oh, it irks me the most. <sighs> But people didn't know any better. So they had him on. And um, so he brought me along to help him with the blog. And I had a lot of access because it was a big paper. So Mm -hmm. when you went to like PR people, they wanted to get their clients on. Mm -hmm. So I just got to interview so many people early on, like Anderson, Shogun. That was like when it was really blowing up. Like I think UFC 130 something, 134. It was real. That was was Anderson. And no, sorry. Who was on that card? Was that Anderson, Anderson Okami? Anderson, Shogun. Anderson, yep. Okami. Yep. Shogun fought. Big Knock fought. Yeah. I think that was when he knocked out That was when Edson Schaub. Barboza yeah. knocked out Terry Adam with the... Yes. And I yes. missed it. Oh, no. You were cage side for that, though? Else. Yeah. Oh, but you not, missed it. Not cage side, but like in the... Media yeah, section. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I missed it. I will never forgive myself. <laughs> You'll never live that down. I was just like looking at my phone. Yeah. And the internet was bad. So I was probably like fighting with my phone like a Blackberry. It was a purple Blackberry. Oh my God, remember, Blackberry. I've never been like, on the Blackberry live. Stupid yeah. thing. That's funny. Why is everybody looking at it? Oh, uh, you just missed the greatest before. knockout of all time. That's all. That's all. <laughs> but I had left by then. I, yeah. It was just a, fu- a funny thing. Like it was the whole thing was just like a, a bunch of weird circumstances coming together yeah. and allowing me to do what I did. But, um, that, and you came at the perfect time. I, I came in at Timing the Timing could not time. have been better. Perfect time. And there weren't that many women doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like stood out right away. I was already tweeting. Yeah. Uh, I already spoke English. So all those things started like, I started like uh, doing live tweeting of events. And, yeah. you know, at the time I didn't have any, fo- I still don't. I, I'm not a di- famous person. <laughs> no blue check mark for me. <laughs> That's that's a, an atrocity, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. I'm not going to go too far in that. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Holla. Twitter people out yeah. there. I don't know. 
Everybody, <laughs> apparently, Ariel Hawani has a really good in with those Twitter people. Anytime really? he hits them up, somebody gets a blue check mark. Oh, really? I do have his email, so I'll hit him up for you. Don't worry, I got uh, you. Okay. I did work with Ariel a little bit too, actually. Okay, so maybe put <laughs> in a good word for me. I got he doesn't you. even follow me. So. Oh, come on, Ariel. He's like the only MMA person. Who have you guys had any inter- interactions or anything? I don't know or? if he remembers it, but I translated for him. Oh, cool. Um, when you were working for the UFC? Or? When I was, because I wasn't working for the UFC directly. I was working for a, a firm that yes. did PR for the UFC, but they were my only client. Okay. And I was really bad at PR. So <laughs> the only reason. Why I was Translation. There, That's it. No, uh, knowing MMA and Touché. being a good writer, because okay. I would write like. All the press and the English thing because yeah. I would communicate with the American offices and the Canadian offices. That's how I know people and people in Europe and everything else. And yeah. I did, uh, yeah, he was doing what was it? It was for a website, something there Ariel did backstage. Mm-hmm. He did backstage interviews and something had happened to his translator. Oh, and I filled it like he disappeared for a while and I filled in. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because I was terrified <laughs> and trembling first, and after the first one he turned to uh it was isabel hodge she did okay. pr at the time uh he was like can we keep her <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome can we keep her some I mean, good validation for you right forget. there I was, I, it was i mean and yet the guy can't even drop you a follow come I mean, on ariel i mean ariel come on <laughs> that interview with viscardi andrade <laughs> how could you forget I'll, I'll clip this out and email it to him. I'll be like, "Hey, just so you know, you owe this lady a follow." But no, we no, he we we ran into each other a few times after that. Yeah. He was always super nice to me. No, so. he's he he is awesome. Like I I am surprised that he actually replies to my emails when I do send him emails. Yeah, that's awesome. Like he was in town recently to cover the NBA. Yeah. Uh, for Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and uh, I hit. I'm like, let me you know, let me shoot my shot. Let me see what the hell is going on, <laughs> right? So I I send him the email. I'm like, hey. You know, if any chance, because actually I used to have a college radio show when I was in college mm-hmm. and he came on that. He was like my first ever guest. Oh, that's this awesome. This was back in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. And he was completely on board, fully did it. I still have it on YouTube. <clears throat> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, that's my Lena Landsberg. <laughs> that's your Lena Landsberg. What's my Lena Landsberg? Actually, I just shared it on Twitter today. Sam Stout. Do you remember Sam Stout? Yes, I do. Hands of Stone Stout. Uh, he came to my college for a uh, for an appearance. And uh, I managed to track him down. And we went to the back room in the, this kitchen of the pub. You can yeah. hear music in the background as well. And I'm just, uh, uh, I'm Matthew <laughs> Jazz uh, here with uh, Sam Stout. Uh, you're fighting Eve Edwards at UFC 134. Uh, how do you feel? Whatever it was, right? Yeah. I felt I was the word. I listened to it today. It was like 10 minutes that was probably it wasn't on on camera so that yeah, might be different that's better <laughs> but i was still trembling horribly like it was not a good experience to for me this day i do bad interviews sometimes <laughs> like it depends on the day i it uh, another thing i wanted to say actually uh how you had esther Lynn on yeah it's kind of how i feel about having you on it's in in a way like it, it, i feel like it gives me a little bit of validation like in terms of like I, I had, uh, I used to work at an MMA gym, and I had yeah. the head coach of that gym as my first guest. Okay. He, he was the head coach of Elias, uh, Sean Pearson, mm-hmm. all those guys, and me and him, buddy, buddy. Like 
I worked for them for like two and a half years. So it felt really easy for me. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of glad that he was number one and you oh, kind of had to... The, 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 one that the first episode like, I just sent yeah, you. Yeah. I, just, I only started it. That's fine. I, I'm just like, okay, this is... It, it's kind of better that it worked out the way it did <laughs> just so I could get comfortable in this freaking seat yeah. and be like, okay, I know what to expect. Uh, but but with you, once you actually agreed to come on, I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, she said yes. It traveled all the way. And you traveled all the way. It, it involved walking, I'm a like, bus, <laughs> a train... Got train. off the train. Got back on the it's train. It's a transfer. What did you use? What did you use to uh, just maps on my phone? But I'm gonna give you a quick tip. Trip links. Trip links. Download that app. I will do that. Best. I will do that. Best. But Mac Maps hasn't even been failing me. That's why I trusted it. I think Trip Links is probably the best for regional transit. Yeah. That includes the Go Train, all that type of stuff, and it'll give you up to the minute. Like it's gonna be this this late. Blah blah blah. Maps was actually good about that. Too. Okay, okay. But I will. But I told no, you to get off, and it failed. <laughs> and it just said transfer, so I was like, I got out, and I was like, it's probably like there's probably a sign. The funny thing is, I was actually going to send you a message and be like, make sure you don't get off at Bramley because it sounds similar to Brampton. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I'm so. I'm like, she she got this no, right. But she it's got sad. this. And I was like looking around, and I wanted to ask, but yeah. like everybody was sort of getting off, so I was like, yeah. oh, that's a transfer station. <laughs> everybody, but everybody left the train. <laughs> There was like, that's a huge stop, though. That I, is a massive how stop. How was I supposed to know? That and that's Brambley, like rush hour too. <laughs> Brimley is a thing. Like that's even a word. Next time I know. <laughs> that's yeah. so true. But that's fine. I just stayed there outside for like fifteen minutes. Really. <laughs> that was it. That was lovely. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt once you actually agreed to come on. I'm like, this is this is kind of something I've been doing podcasting for a while now. Yeah. But this is actually my first like real foray into having guests in studio. Mm-hmm. I've 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 thought about the idea of doing people like I think you do over Skype sometimes. I or? always do phone. The it's only phone, person right? I did like for the podcast yes. that I did live was Laura Sanko. Okay. For me it's I, I don't like that little bit of delay. You have some great connection. I don't know what it is because <laughs> you guys sound freaking phenomenal because you guys sound like you guys are beside each other. But for more like Ariel Show or any of these other shows, yeah. interview shows, James no, there's Lynch. There's a delay. I don't it's like not the delay. Perfect. I don't it's like that that's why I didn't want to do it over Skype. No, it's way better. Like if you can do it in person, it's way better. That that's that's what I said. And once you said that you're coming to Toronto, I'm like, perfect timing. <laughs> perfect timing. I got a bunch of other people lined up as well too. Um Oof. Fancy. But you're probably the <laughs> highest profile. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello. This is the first time anyone has ever said that to me. So I'm just going to cherish this moment. Please send me this little clip okay. so I can send it to my dad. Perfect. And be like, Dad, I know you don't speak English. But what he's saying is, uh, my dad is like my biggest fan. I can't even. Really? That's yeah. awesome. He like watches everything, but he yeah. likes television, right? Because okay. it's the thing he. So if I'm on a screen, he loves it. <laughs> so it's kind of like if I'm doing whatever, like a quick appearance on something, he sees my face. So wait, are you saying that he's potentially going to see this? He will. And he'll Hello, be like, Mr. Pratish. Fajera. Pratish is my mom. Ah, Fajera. Fajera. It's easier. Why do I, I do Prachas? I think yeah. I just want to make it harder. Well, what was the, the thinking behind that, though, if you don't Fajera mind me asking? is super common in Brazil. Yeah. And Prachas isn't. Touche. So Actually, it's the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah. I remember you breaking it down in one of your podcasts, the, the I, difference in terms of how to pronounce it. Yeah, because in Rio, you'd say Prachis. Like we, yeah. That's our Morais. Morais. Yeah. Uh, or if you're Chad Dundas, you say Moraes. <laughs> I listen to her podcast every freaking week as Chad, well. If you're listening, 
I love the comedy event, but every time Chad says This is the first boring. podcast I ever listened to, actually. MMA podcast, CME. I don't even listen to, sorry, MMA <laughs> podcast. But I like, because like, MMA is such a big part of my life. Yes. That when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to like crime shit or the daily or, you know, just like. Um, new stuff and political stuff so it's kind of like i don't it's all mma for all mma and comedy for me i love comedy i'm a huge comedy comedy fan too but i haven't really been able have you heard um was it somebody like it was on twitter somebody told me to listen to behind the bastards haven't heard that it's so it's like about uh horrible political figures like bastards just assholes yeah yeah yeah. Uh, they just break down assholes that's what they do they tell their stories but like it's so funny because it's a a guy the host and he always has guests and a lot of them are comedians so it's fun so he's like talking about Assad and how he's an asshole but (laughs) he's making it fun (laughs) and that's something that you're on like you love doing that or listening to that podcast specifically is that Uh, one of your top ones yeah uh have you ever listened to the last podcast on the left I've heard of it actually. It's Haven't listened crime to crime and comedy. Okay, that's you, a good mix. I was listening to it coming all the way over that's here. That's the thing. I I love cr- true crime stuff, but in documentary form, not audio form. Visual. Okay. okay. I guess you can do a documentary in audio yeah, version no, as well. I get what you're saying. But like Netflix, making a murder, all that type of stuff. Yeah. I'm in. I'm totally in. But I I haven't really gotten onto the train of audio true crime podcasts yet. No cereal for you. Not yet. Seriously, Serial was like What's it's the... like the gateway podcast. <laughs> every time Into the rest start, of it. Everybody started with Serial. I did. And every time I'm trying to convert a person to podcast. Because in Brazil it's just gotten big. Mm-hmm. Like two years ago, nobody who's uh to do you listen to Dak Shepard's podcast? No. Armchair expert. Is he funny? He's actually an actor. I know him. You know but, him. Okay, yeah. But I it's, don't think he's funny. That's why I'm asking. No, no, no. It. It's it's more of a he's really in tune with himself. Like he's really into his feelings. Like he's he's but more like of a, in a Russell Brand kind of way. Because if no, so, okay, no, that's not cute. No, no, no. Russell Brand's be, a little bit too much for me. I used to be like way into Russell Brand, and then I was like, no, he's too brandy so, enough. I, I forgot. Maybe it was the second last time he was on the Rogan podcast. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't yeah. do this guy anymore. Um, but the Dak <laughs> Shepard one, it's great. Like, I, yeah, because I, I don't really listen to other podcasts that have celebrities on like that mm-hmm. that I, actually I get as in depth yeah. as he does he he just has this way of making them feel comfortable and opening them up about their like childhood and how they feel about certain things there is a little bit of comedy in it but mostly it's more so like a, a real one-on-one conversation oh, what i try to do with non-famous people <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a great podcast but he actually talked about a podcast i listened to uh about the black dahlia i loved it root of evil yes so That's good. on my podcast list to listen. I will listen to that so one. So good. It's okay. probably my favorite true crime one because it's not true crime. Like, it's about the Black Dahlia, but like, everybody's heard of the Black I was so over the Black Dahlia. <laughs> That's so like, t- 1999. Oh, it's just, it's been done. <laughs> if Josh Hartnett touched it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been done. It's, it's been over. Done. <laughs> it should die in 2000. Yeah. Oh my God. But uh, it's, it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. So. It's a lot about feelings. It's very emotional. It's dark as shit. I don't mind So that. be prepared. I don't mind like, that. Yeah. I find a weird fascination with that. I don't know. I swear I'm not a weird or bad person. But I, I find, find it, a like, fascination with it. So yeah, it's kind of like, like anytime I am a weird, weird and bad person though. <laughs> Harmless. <laughs> Harmless on the outside. <laughs> but weird. Just go through the timeline a bit. And then you'll <laughs> see it from there. Um, let's get back to MMA shit. MMA so you, you got into the business. Um, at what point did you actually feel like, okay, 
this is where I want to be. This is this is the industry that I want to be in. Or do you not feel like that yet? Like No, you- I knew it from the start. So that's because that's the thing about MMA. Like I did not want to be a journalist, but I wanted to be in MMA. Mm. So you didn't know what exactly. Though. I didn't know what exactly. That's kind of where I've been in the last like 10 it years. Just, like, it, every job I had ended up being like that after college because mm-hmm. I went to. Um, so I was doing the internship and they pulled me directly to the sports section. Okay. Because you asked me about soccer. Yes. That's how it happened. Yes. Because <laughs> they told me to do sports mm-hmm. uh, exclusively. And we had this big, uh, it was like an eight-page segment that we had to oh, get wow. out. It was a lot of stuff and not enough people. And I wrote long. I've always been wordy. So they yeah. were like, just you do. <laughs> do, do you. you get boo-boo. three pages. Do you, boo-boo. Do you, boo-boo. <laughs> three pages. We just need to like fill them up. And I'd be like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening, but I will. And I wrote everything, including soccer. Nice. Uh, and I did a lot of the human interest stories. Okay. Uh, the actual editor came back, and he's amazing. He's very good friends with me to this day. And he uh, really liked my sensitive touch in a non-sexist way. Um, he's super gay, so he's okay. allowed. He's allowed to say that. Interesting. Uh, so he would uh, let me just do my thing, and then, but uh, then I just fell in love with MMA. And then after that, I was kind of like, I need to be around it. I had jobs that weren't necessarily in MMA, but I then I was I had the MMA Brazil thing. Even after I broke up with my ex, like. I still you would write and 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 be part of the website. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it I wasn't was, like bad terms or anything like that. <sighs> <sighs> Just enough to stick around on the website, but that's yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> and the now dog. we're good at the time. No, but he wanted me around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would do stuff for 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 the website. Mostly just to be around MMA, mm-hmm. but I never, yeah, I never really lost touch with it. Even when I wasn't working directly with it, and then um, came the opportunity to do. I started doing PR for a small company. Uh, we did a brand, um, Praetorian. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yes, Roy Nelson was sponsored by that. I remember, which was random, right? but yes, <laughs> I remember uh, but, Jose Aldo used to have it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, Big Nog. Yes, and I worked a lot with Big Nog. It seemed like uh, like Novo and Yao guys were really. With that brand. A lot of people in Brazil. Yeah. But mm. yeah, they had money. What was that brand though? I, I never knew what the brand was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, money Pretoria. La- money laundering scheme. <laughs> Very big. Everyone's behind Mars now. I somehow. <laughs> yeah, I somehow escaped. Yeah, but what, what was that's it That's why I'm in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to it escape was, the feds. That's all. Just don't, don't tell me. <laughs> uh, no, so it was a, a fightwear brand. Okay, okay, But they okay. wanted to be like a lifestyle kind of thing. So it started with equipment, like okay. gloves and things like yeah. that. But they wanted it to be like, they had a fancy office and I don't know. The, the older... funny thing is I've never seen any of their gloves. Nothing. It was only on like browse butt. That's no, about they, it. No, they sold it a lot in Brazil. For a okay, while, okay, like okay. it was um, it was very common. to find Roy Nelson was an equipment. interesting. Uh... It, it was random. <laughs> it was random. But they had money and some. Yeah. Sometimes they got in touch with the right people. And a lot of it had to do with my boss because he knew people in MMA. Okay. Uh, my, bo- my boss at the time. Interesting fellow. <laughs> should we leave, leave it at that, that or should we dig into that a bit? Yeah, let's not. <laughs> leave that one closed? Okay. Maybe next time whenever Maybe you're back up time, in Toronto. Yeah, it's it's going to be like a separate podcast. <laughs> but uh, no, he he had content. So that's Praetorian. But I, I ended up working a lot with uh, closely with fighters and Big Nog is one guy that to this day, legend. Like, 
He's, he's like a giant teddy bear. I've shook his hand once when he was in Toronto. Oh, that was he's it. the nicest guy. Yeah. A pretty banged up teddy bear. But banged up teddy bear. <laughs> Wait, B- Big Nog? Yeah. Big Nog. Okay, yeah. yeah. I believe he's the one with the scar on his back. Yes. Yes, you're he's right. lovely. Yeah. Love Nog yeah. too, but he's... He actually got me laid once, but that's... <laughs> Big Nog or No Nog? Yeah, there was a, a guy who was like, who I was like flirting with, and he loved Big Nog. And he was like really starstruck when he saw Big Nog. So he's oh, like, wow. oh, that's Big Nog right there. And I was like, yeah, do you want to talk to him? <laughs> he's like, oh my God, you know Big Nog? Yeah. It's my homie. <laughs> that's kind of what I said. What? We're close. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just like, Rodrigo, which is Big Nog's real name. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said hi to my friend. And then he was like, Oh, he calls me Fernandinho, which is like the diminutive form for Fernandinho. I find that's like the nickname for a lot of like, uh, they add the Inia yeah. at so the, the end. Yeah, it's like little. Lavinia, like, yeah. Souza. He's like the one person who calls me little. <laughs> Big gal. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like hanging out with heavyweights. Ah, true. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. But uh, though he's just like, oh, Fernandinho, sure. And then like they talked and took a selfie together. <laughs> they didn't even ask you to take the picture for them? Uh, no, Come they on. took a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were talking, and then I was, the was like, how long have we known each other? I'm like, I don't know, like eight years? <laughs> you still keep in touch with him? Oh, the guy who got laid. <laughs> no, big I'm sure that was just a one the and done. The guy was one and done. That's it. Next. One and done. <laughs> I'm talking nice about- night, though. <laughs> If you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> you get the, the stamp of approval. It was cool. Uh, big Nog. Big no, nog so yeah. we only like talk to each other at events and things yeah. like that because he's working for UFC Brazil now. Oh, interesting. I know. Uh, is it Verdum that's doing the commentating for them still? Uh, oh, no way. I think he's actually Verdum gone from UFC, was, right? Uh, UFC Espanol. Yes. Something else. Yeah. He only did. He mostly did it for them. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. Uh, I didn't run into him at an event recently don't remember which one maybe sao paulo or something mm-hmm. else but and i think it was there for a broadcasting thing but i do not know it, it's usc Spanish. we don't get it uh, uh but what does big nog exactly do for the ufc uh he ambassador? works as like an ambassador but okay. he also like finds new talent okay um, like from i guess from brazil from brazil yeah. particularly <clears throat> i know they're doing the uh, contender series brazil i'm not sure if that's still happening they did one season of that last year i think it was yeah uh, do you know if they're still doing that? They were doing more, but it was weird because it's like Contender Series Brazil in Vegas. Yeah, that was the weird part about <laughs> it because they have it, or I'm not sure if they still have it. Because remember when they did the uh, Sunnin and Vanderlei Ultimate Fighter? They had a gym down yeah. there, right? Yeah, they had the tough gym. Is it still around? Probably I don't not. Think so I haven't heard. I used to work when I did PR. Tough was my product. Oh, cool. So that's why I got close to like the tough guys, like Thiago uh, Santos yeah. and Warley Alves. Try to remember who else was on that. Uh, in terms of coaches or uh there was multiple seasons of it right yeah, so you're yeah. doing the entire you did all the seasons I did, or uh, all of them yes uh, i was closer to the i think maybe second and third mm-hmm. which were the vanderlei sonnen one uh there was verdum and big nog yep there was chuck liddell and forrest griffin Right? Was that one of them? Or no, that Not was the Latin American one. Yeah, yeah. That was the Latin American one, sorry. Uh, yeah, the, and that was recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And when you I went to, when I did the Mexico event, I think they were there. No, no, I was not involved with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, one that Anderson started, but like the whole doping thing happened and he, he left had to pull out and of then it. the Nog brothers stepped in. Mm-hmm. I barely remember. <laughs> there, the first one was Vanderlei and Vitor. Vanderlei and Vitor. Yeah. That was, and I think that was... Uh, 
Vitor actually pulled out of the fight because they're scheduled for a fight, right? Rich Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, UFC 199. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. I was kind of sad when Vanderlei lost that one. <laughs> I don't even, that's the thing. I was, I don't even remember the fights in these situations because I was working so much. I didn't. I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd of MMA, but that card was a little bit lackluster. It, I, it sucked. What was they coming? I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, Verdum and Mike Russell. Oh, that remember is that? so random. <laughs> Oh my god. That was so random, right? And then so they had the, the Ultimate Fighter finale fights on that too. Yeah, which was Tony Jason. Yes. Uh, uh Godofredo Pepe. Yes. Um uh who did they f- no, so they fought each other and then Sergio Moraes Moraes uh, or Chad, uh no. no, he was supposed to fight Mutanchi, but Mutanchi had to pull out. He was the substitute. Mm-hmm. So it was Serginho and Ah, uh, Sarafia. Oh yeah, Daniel right? Sarafian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I think, that's I, what think happened. He, I, I wish that guy was still around in the UFC too, because he was super entertaining. Oh, super he's fun. Doing great though. Sarafia. What's he, what's he up to? Uh he became like a personal trainer for celebrities. Actually, yes. Who was who was it? Somebody uh one of the podcasts I was listening to, they're like uh Serafian is like uh sparring with some like celebrity. I think Snoop Dogg. Really? He was sparring with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he was training been. Snoop or something like that. Yeah, when I interviewed him, he was like, oh, I'm in... Uh, I'm in." This was recently? Recently. Like, okay. well, it was still a junkie, but like mm-hmm. one year ago or so? Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. that long. Is he yeah. retired? No, he... So he had just fought for ACB or something, mm-hmm. and he had like moved up to I don't know light heavyweight. He was yeah, he's a, a thick lot boy heavy. with a, he's a double C. He's a thick boy, <laughs> but he suffered. He suffered to make middleweight, uh, yeah. and everybody was like, "You're too small for middleweight," and they made him like go to welter, and he was just like That's, miserable. I had to chop off a leg to get that weight. He was miserable. He he made it, but he was yeah. miserable. Um, and then he he seemed uh, like a guy that could have been very marketable down in Brazil. He 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 was, but that's the thing. He just wasn't winning enough fights, you mm-hmm. know. So he had an entertaining style. He looks mm-hmm. good. <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, it's fine. But like, it, there wasn't anything extraordinary about the way that he fought. True. Um, he was marketable in that, like, he looked cute or whatever. I hate seeing this about fighters, but like, I think he looked cute. I'll yeah. say it. Shit. <laughs> his I mean, eyes. I get lost in his eyes I all just the time. Stay away from it because I'm like, I just think it's like I don't want to like. Anybody to come after me because I keep telling people to not judge fighters yeah, by for looks. Sure, for so sure. I'm always like, oh, I know all about I don't that. It's cool. See <laughs> fighter. That's I it. See fighter. <laughs> That's but yeah, I guess or he, human. Yeah, whatever. he has the look, the marketable look, uh, and he's such a nice guy, like yeah. the nicest person. But yeah, he was. Uh, when I interviewed him, he had moved up, and he was talking about how much happier he was. I think he's in L.A. now, right? And like, he was he must in LA. in L.A. He had just gone there, uh, and he said, "Oh, I'm like doing doing like personal fighting training for celebrities," and then he was like. Like, I can't tell you which one. They, I signed like confidential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so that's how you know <laughs> you made it big. <laughs> those NDAs, they gotta, they gotta throw those in there. I think the Snoop one was more so common knowledge. Like probably. it was, it was it like was a video that was public. out there, right? He, he literally didn't tell me. It wasn't even like it's off the record. <laughs> not even that. No, he was like, I will not tell you which one. Damn. Okay, I'll live. Good for but, him though. Like, but he was happy. I, I love seeing fighters that are able to transition into something else after fighting or even during fighting. I mean, like, like the biggest example of a guy making it big is Brendan Shop. Like, that's a yeah. He's the biggest case right now. Like, there's been a lot of fighters that were trying to follow that route after. Mm-hmm. I remember Frank Mir had his own podcast with uh, he doesn't have something Hunter Richard, Hur- Richard, Richard Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's around. Like, I haven't seen it pop I, up or I don't anything. Know if phone booth fighting. Phone booth fighting. I yeah. remember it, but I, I, I 
Didn't know it was over. I think it's not. I mean, I... I might be wrong. I might be talking shit right now. Like I said, I don't really listen to a lot of MMA podcasts. Yeah, that's right. True crimes. I forgot about that. No, I listen to a few, but like, I think the only one that I actually listen to every week is a co-mate. I love those guys. I I, I was a huge... No, I gotta do this, Ben. I cannot admit that... I'm not gonna lie. I love Ben and Chad. My top two... Journalist that I really started to follow. It. I'm his sorry. Ego, I'm going to do this. Ego. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. No. When I first got into MMA, the top two journalists, Ariel Hawani, Ben Folks. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I know that hurts, but I love Ben. I saw him at UFC 129. He was at the gym for the, the open workouts. Yeah. And I was starstruck. <laughs> no. His ego I'm like, has, oh, my God, that's Ben Folks. He's fat enough. Don't do it. He's, I don't know. You I, I just feeding the beast. <laughs> I remember he used to do uh, MMA Junkie, the speed bag, where yeah. he would just do quick topics. Yeah. And I, I found them hilarious. He was I love so ben good. I, I love Ben now as a person. Yeah. I mean, we're not like best friends, but we talk a lot. And he, when we left Junkie together, yeah. and like he's an amazing human being. He's awesome. Like, I, I love the comment of, I, I love the chemistry they have together too. Chad and him. So good. Freaking awesome. And he was a guy that I really admired. I really like his style of writing. I mm-hmm. think it's like, clo- mine is like the, I am, yeah, it's, it's close to mine. I don't want to compare myself to him because it's like. <laughs> Stroke that ego. Stroke that right ego. At, no, mine in this <laughs> oh, case. But <laughs> there was one time our editor was, uh, Dan was reading something. And it's like, oh, for a few seconds, I thought I was reading a Ben piece. And I was like. He <laughs> 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 just complimented <laughs> Is there, uh, when you did get into the MMA writing game, is there anybody that, like, I'm not going to shut out Ben here, but is there anybody that you tried to look to? for inspiration or somebody that you kind of wanted to okay i want to write like this guy or i want to write like this woman or something ben. like that it was ben because i from like the get-go the opinion the opinion of it okay yeah, that's my thing my jam i love tom Jabezi. he's an og and he's OG. the nicest person yeah and i used to like when i did pr he was my encyclopedia so if i needed to <laughs> i think he even wrote an encyclopedia he right wrote an the actual encyclopedia, i think i have that sitting in one of my closets <laughs> I do too. Don't and worry. the guy who translated it, Martin, he's the Brazilian encyclopedia. Interesting. So I would go to Martin first, and then him. Is uh, who's the the main Brazilian translator for the UFC? Is that Martin? No, no. Uh, he doesn't do cameras, things like that. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Derek Lee. Derek. Probably. That's his name. The really young one. Kind of young, yeah. Like he's pretty much doing all the Brazilian translations in cage. Uh, Derek Lee. Derek Lee. Not the kind. I'm not not trying to judge anybody. It's not the name that I was kind of thinking that <laughs> I was going to get. Half America. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Probably one of the best translators, bar none. He's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, we kind of like. Uh, we're we're good friends. He's okay. awesome. Yeah. He's about my age. He looks <laughs> very young, but he's. He's about baby. My him, age. Mike Bond, the youngest looking guys in MMA media. Uh, Mike Bond is young. <laughs> when I joined MMA, Chucky, he was yeah. younger than me. I was like, this is an out. <laughs> Actually, I, I need to talk. I need to speak to someone about this. <laughs> this is outrageous. I actually went to a, there was a GSP meet and greet yeah. in Toronto. And that's where I met him the first time as well. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Mike Bond from MMA Junkie. What the fuck? <laughs> like the, one of the guys that I knew was running the show. He goes, yeah, yeah we're going to have Mike Bond. And I'm like, sick. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Mike, I think he's a cool guy. I'm just such awesome, a nerd. But we're friends. I but <laughs> know, I know. You don't want to stroke his ego either. I get it. Yes. <laughs> 
I think no. he's still with Junkie, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's still, still Junkie. There, yeah. The stats no, guy over there. Mike is awesome. And working with him was just kind of like he made everyone look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, take a fucking vacation. <laughs> it, it's one of the industries there where even if you guys work for different outlets, it still seems like everybody's like coworkers. You know what I mean? Like you guys are peers, yeah, essentially. If you're like, if you're having good relationships with everyone. Um, is there MMA media drama? Not that I'm part of. No? There is, I think, on Twitter. Not even media. I see more, like, Twitter people. Like, mm-hmm. I just sometimes lose track of it. <laughs> I feel like, whoa, there's beef. Who's a fucking media member there's now, right? beef. Yeah. Okay, I get it. But uh, in terms of just MMA media, like, I don't really recall. I've never had any problems with anyone. Mm-hmm. Somebody might have had a problem with me, but. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> sorry whatever sorry. that i did in general like i, I, I love i i personally love the way that you carry yourself within the mma realm just because you're you you know that like it's unfortunate but like women kind of are looked down upon in the industry yeah. but you're just like fuck them like i'm gonna go out there do what i want to do and your work shows it though like you, you put the quality into your work which is why you deserve where you're at I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to jack you off over here or anything like that. But <laughs> There's a Kleenex there, by the okay. way. Yeah, there you go. I know you like to cry at the end of your podcast, so it's right there. <laughs> yes. Very no, but, but there, <laughs> there's like there's not that many females that I can remember that I've, I've been around much. Um, even when I was working with the UFC back in 2011. Even working with the UFC. There's Heidi Dean. I think that like right. within the UFC there were more women. There I worked with. There's Karen like, Bell, PR. who was head of PR. There was Karen Bell, and yep. she did a lot of Brazil. So I worked okay. with her a lot. Um, she was great. And it was a, okay. And Isabel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. No, she was fine. She was uh, great to me. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah. She no. gave me hope that I would she potentially get a job nice. there. She was yeah. always nice. She was always nice. Isabel Hodge, mm-hmm. uh, who was awesome, loved her. Heidi Dean, Heidi Gerber. Uh, mm-hmm. Carolyn in the UK office, they had a uh, few women too. So Carolyn's uh, awesome. She always Carolyn's hooked me up awesome. with tickets after. Yeah, she's she really always cool. hooked me up with tickets. And like in Brazil, you have Anaisa, who is like the biggest thing, the biggest MMA reporter in Brazil is Anna. Mm-hmm. Anna. Anaisa. How do you spell the name? I feel like I'm. I, I should know this person. You, like she has like a, a hundred thousand. Anna. H I S S A. See, she shows up right there, famous. I don't think I've ever seen her before. Uh, <laughs> she's big in Brazil. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll keep it at that. Uh, did she work for like a network down there or something? Or yeah, so I okay. filled it. So when I I worked for Combat and Sport TV, yes. And when she was working in Vegas as a correspondent, I filled it for her. Oh. Like they invited me to fill her spot because she was there for two years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I've been, but when I did PR, I worked together with her and everything. She's a force. Yeah, like, it would annoy the fuck out of me doing PR because she's like <laughs> relentless. Yeah, but um, she's really good. And then there is Evie Rodriguez. Haven't heard of her. She again, this is more Brazil. She's right? now the correspondent. Uh, okay, but she w- was already working for Combachi and doing things like that. Uh, she's based out of Vegas. Okay, um, and they're amazing. So it's like it wasn't like I was the only one. Uh, in my like immediate vicinity, <laughs> women. <laughs> but like you would go to a media event, you look around, and it was me and Anna and maybe PR people, but men, men covering, <laughs> yeah. having opinions, and yeah. that's what I uh, you mentioned the yester episode, and that's what we talked about. Like, and that was back when this was pre Ronda, so there wasn't even women in the UFC, right? Yeah, 
when we started, no. Yeah. Um, how would you say the coverage in Brazil has changed since UFC 134 to now? It More I mean, or less? It lost steam. Yeah. For sure. Because like I always say that in Brazil, not just me, but everybody, everybody else, like we like soccer and whatever else is winning. Mm-hmm. Like I just whatever else is winning. Yeah, interesting. So whatever else like has champions at the time, that's what we're into. There was a lot of Brazilian champions back then. Uh, it was huge. Yeah, for a while, like there was GDS and Anderson Aldo. and Aldo, and like you, you know, you could take your pick. Um, and but Anderson was really big. Would you say he's the big difference by bar none biggest star? Anderson? In terms of MMA in Brazil, yeah. yeah. But Vitor Belfort is a close second. Yeah, that must have been a huge fight. And unfortunately, they did in Vegas. Like, I thought that was a bad move on the UFC's part. Which, I mean, they made money regardless. They made money regardless. Actually, that was even before they came to Brazil. Because that was UFC 126. Yeah. It was when I first was just getting into it. It was one of my first, like, fights that I was really Do you recall, in. like, the, the, the vibe in Brazil when that fight was going down? Ah. Or leading up to that fight? Really, hmm. I was really like so. I watched this one. I remember with that ex, um, who was really. This guy keeps coming up because <laughs> he's like my my beginning. He no, takes for credit sure. for it often. <laughs> like whenever you should, I publish like, something, he's like, "Oh, I discovered her." So should I just put like when I had titled this video, put your name, put a little asterisk, uh, he and then put his name down there? He would be very pleased. <laughs> Be That's very awesome. uh, but uh, no, yeah, and we watched it together. But I, I was just really getting into it. I think yeah. the first fight that I like, the first event that I bought was UFC 100. Oh, uh, July 2009 was the first one that I purchased. Okay, um, were you was there was there something on the card or was it just the the fact that it was UFC 100? I was just starting to get into it, and I was so so my first obsession, like I said, was Leoto. Yeah. R.I.P. to that. Uh, with Leoto <laughs> I got a chance to work with very closely. Total gentleman. Like, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's the nicest person you meet. Uh, very, very polite, nice. Proper. I worked with him a little bit when he fought Jones because I was in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And oh, that's true. when I was doing the PR well, for the UFC. Too bad that happened. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> and you know what else he was, was that night? Killed that. Do you remember what, what else was that I night? I do not remember. Another favorite of yours, unfortunately, took an L that night. Ooh. Mr. Big Nog. Ooh, against Frank Mir. But the Frank Mir like, one was tough. Your first beer, and I have like half. I'm a getting there. Bottle of wine. Hey, the wine. <laughs> you know what? Let me. I'm sorry. Well, the beer has like it's gassy, so it will fill you up. That's my excuse. Let me crack number two for you. <laughs> Let me get on your page. Uh, I can got the whiskey down here just in case. Oh wow! <laughs> like I got a little bit for everybody. Oh, <laughs> um. Yeah, no, so, Lyoto is awesome. Lyoto yeah. was the, the, I was so obsessed with Lyoto because I thought he was like the coolest and I loved his style. And, yeah, uh, he had this aura about him because he was just thing, on the up the and up when I really got into it too. I remember him knocking out Rashad. That was yeah. insane. My fir- So my first one that I was like really into was him and Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva I was huge. Like I love Tiago. <laughs> no, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> but as uh, he he did some bad shit, <laughs> very bad shit, but very bad shit. But bad uh, shit. that was after uh, in person. He was always awesome. nice. Yeah, he was always nice. But yeah, that whole fucking shit happened. I loved but, his I, like. But let's I talk his about style before fighting. That. His style was great. Just yeah. just the the just him aesthetically. 
It was just that's, that's a fucking fighter. <laughs> and they were fighter. both like undefeated at the time. Yes. There was like a fight between prospects to decide yes. who was going to be the next challenger, yep. to decide who was going to be the next best thing. I remember. And I remember fight. like being at a friend's house and nobody liked MMA, mm-hmm. and I was like trying to find like an illegal like <laughs> stream, stream, and just like <laughs> just super into it. And, and I think that that's the fight that sticks out to me as the first fight that I was really like excited about. And then after that, and then I bought US uh, one hundred and and. Things um, escalated there, yeah. yeah. Things escalated very quick. <laughs> Here we <Damn>. are now. <laughs> You're in a basement in freaking Toronto. <laughs> Here we a are. Bus and a yes. train and whatever. Potentially and getting kidnapped, know. but doesn't know it yet. But I mean, there's evidence. <laughs> there's evidence so that she was here. Me hey, this is probably never going to reach the mind. internet. Just let, just so you know, this <laughs> is my ruse. Somebody will find this. <laughs> me, my fiance, and our dog. And it will become a podcast. <laughs> so we have true crime, just true crime podcast. I hope that they treat me humanely. Because usually they dehumanize. I was thinking the nose first <laughs> and then go for the cheeks and then we'll figure out from there. Put a lot of thought into it. I really like Leatherface when I was like, you remember that? Texas okay, Chainsaw Massacre? Still be first and then, <laughs> then do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I'm an organ donor, so if you could just save that. Okay, I would okay. like to save lives. Okay, sounds good to me. My kidney is usable. I think. <laughs> oh, okay, one guy on. I wanted to ask: uh, Shogun or Machida? Who had a bigger impact in Brazil? Because those two guys around that time were freaking huge. I think Machida gained more. He gained more mainstream traction for a mm-hmm. while because because he was so such an intriguing character, right? Yes, like karate. karate. People thought about Karate Kid. Yes, exactly. I wrote Coming my, out in the gi and all that type of stuff. Exactly. I wrote my thesis kimono, on gi. MMA. Kimono or We call gi? it kimono. In kimono. Brazil. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, no, but it's gi. Yeah, whatever. I don't know if they're. Because um, we kimono is karate, right? And then gi is more jiu-jitsu? We call everything kimono. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kimono. For us, it's I'll call all it kimono like, for the word gi doesn't exist for us. Interesting. Is that more of a like a, an American slang or something? Where did that even come from? No idea. <laughs> come on, journalist. <laughs> Get your shit together. I need my computer. <laughs> Um, uh, but so he and he had like he was on the cover of Rolling Stone Brazil. Like, oh wow, yeah, he he was one of those characters that like really intrigued people. And I did my thesis on MMA when I graduated from college. I did and a I presentation like, on MMA in college as well. Dude, Don't worry. And I was like, nobody like, and I went to like this very nerdy, serious school where they did like very intellectual studies about. <laughs> intellectual things okay. i thought about going into academia because it was like it's, it was very much their speed yeah uh so when i decided to do that i was like fuck this is gonna <laughs> suck nobody was gonna want to do like anything to do with it yeah but the biggest <clears throat> brain in the school when you saw draga who was worshipped as like this huge intellect like super intimidating and you had to present your thesis to him before you went through with it so i was like prepared like i had this big folder i was like Oh my god! I will explain <laughs> this in a way that he understands. So it's like I wanted to do this about. Me <laughs> swallow my pride for a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. People beating each other up in cages. Yes. I. Uh, he just looked at me as like, oh, that's interesting. Wow, lucky like, you. Like Lyoto Machida, and I'm like. How the fuck do you know Lyoto? You're in. And he's like, oh, I, I, I've trained karate my entire life. Wow. Like, I was like, That's, you're so lucky there. <laughs> I wow. I left that meeting like. Killed it. Killed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. But, uh, so Lyoto was, I think, in the mainstream way for a while, bigger. 
mm. than Shogun. But among the actual fans, and now that you look at it, I think Shogun has more of a lasting legacy in a way. Uh, with Brazil. the whole pride thing and yeah. UFC champion, they're both UFC champions actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it was. I just had such an attachment to Shogun. I even <laughs> one of my tattoos. Do. One of my tattoos. It's not of Shogun. I'm not. You saying have that. a Shogun. I, the same I would space. Need to send it to him. <laughs> I would need to photograph it. I, I I want you to take a picture of me like this and Please. send it to Shogun and be like, "This is your biggest and Indian then fan." Then I will <laughs> get his reaction. Please, that would mean the world to me. I might shit my pants if you do that. I would love to see that. Then you're gonna have to come back. That would be and awesome. Just gonna, like, this is just gonna be like an inception, oh like God. a Ryan and then Gosling and- Macaulay Culkin <laughs> If somehow me and Shogun end up best friends after this, <laughs> I might have to owe you my life. Just saying that. I would, yeah, stepbrothers. I'll just take your dog. You can have sure. your life. Perfect trade off. Oh my God. Perfect trade off. Love it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I saw it, like, I, I don't know what he has tattooed. I think it's uh, something to do with Jesus or something. Probably. Tattooed on the inside of Queen Mary or something like that. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's a cool place to get a tattoo. So I got a tattoo there, too. Another one, Vanderlei Silva has a tattoo here. Yeah. I got tattoos here, too. What does he have? I forgot. Uh, dos, written, right? dos, ugh, I don't know. It's something in uh, Portuguese, I think yeah. it is. Something probably. religious, probably. I don't know the fascination that, there's a lot of Brazilian fighters that have a huge fascination Brazil with. Brazil is a religious country. Honey Marks. and then he got warrior of god as well on his chest the thanks god though is probably the best tattoo of all time i would love to have seen your like uh your your reaction the first time you ever saw that tattoo uh it was probably the one i'm having right now i'm pretty sure it did not change that much He's also a very nice guy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not trying to like shit on the guy or anything no, like that. No, we can shit on his tattoo, which is <laughs> Everybody has a bad tattoo, you know what I mean? I have uh, my I roommate's do. thing stuff on my uh, leg, too. What do you got? I have... Uh, what is that? So I got a tattoo. It says... It's supposed to say... Oh, no. <laughs> square peg. Square peg. Yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> okay. It's a thing I'm about sorry. being a misfit. Okay. Which is fine. Oh, okay. It, but it has roots in something like out of my childhood because we would have the, the square peg round hole type thing. Okay, okay, okay. And my okay. mom said I would always like you would never to fit. fit. The wrong, and she's like, you, but she was like, she, you would throw a fit and throw things around. You get really angry when things didn't fit. <laughs> is that just like... You make, it, it, wait, it's a square peg in Portuguese in or, or in English? In English. Interesting. And nobody understands it in either language. <laughs> so it's just kind of like it's the worst tattoo ever. But... The, how I got it 5am after a USC in Sao Paulo one of the guys from the British team had a machine no way this is are you kidding me is this Aunt Evans ever. is this Aunt Evans no, no. <laughs> oh, and, and Evans now and I are cool now but at the time I think he did not like really? me really I don't think he remembers me he's uh, awesome but it yeah. wasn't an, no it was an actual guy who is a tattoo artist <laughs> now but at the time he was really bad at it wow hated is that your only tattoo? No, I have plenty. It's because I'm all covered up. Oh, true. I have a Robocop, the Terminator. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, wow. My calves. Uh, I have a big one here. I have about here, here. Holy Back crap. Here. I have a few. You did, I, I don't think I've ever put tattoos on you together, ever. Really? I don't think you've ever put out anything that has a picture of you and your tattoos. See, that's how I'm relieved you're not an actual stalker. Because <laughs> there Instagram... are? There are? Okay, no, I don't mess with Instagram often. Oh, I'm still like, I'm living in like 2009 still. Yeah, but I, in my Instagram, they're all there. It's all tattoos. Uh, yeah. It's, I have one, two, I have, I'm a very family-oriented person. Okay. So, so my parents' names in Punjabi. 
which is my native oh, language. That's adorable. On my chest, I have uh, this year, which is I. I, I I got a little qualm with you because you actually said something about this in your last podcast or the podcast before that. Your last name tattoo. <laughs> but you said you said on your back, on your back. or your over your or tummy, your, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's I get a little small, bit of a pass. I got it on the inside of my arm. Yeah. My ex boyfriend has the same. Okay. The last name of his family. Yeah. The inside of his mom. Uh, and so I, yeah. I mock him for it. So. <laughs> and then uh, when I moved out of college, me and my college roommates all got our yeah. uh, house address tattooed on our Aww, leg. Oh, that's cute. So it's just more personal things for me. Like, yeah. I, I have to sit on a tattoo idea for at least a year before I'm like, I'm going to do it. But you got fucking Robocop, whatever the fuck. Terminator. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Amazing tattoos. <laughs> that's a little bit before my generation. That's. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a year younger than you. Actually, oh, so why is everybody so young? This it's so hey. At least I'm not. My, actually, Mike Bond is older he's, than me. No, he's probably your age. Touche. Yeah, Touche. Twenty nine, I think. I don't, like my brother used to watch Robocop. He's like seven years older than me. Yeah. So I no, would, he was not my generation either. It's very confusing to people. But yeah, like you're saying, when you were watching and stuff, it was like from back in the day. That was SNL, actually, right? That's I exactly like older shit. And then I got like way into like 90s action movies. I'm just glad I didn't get Stallone Cobra tattooed here. You, you were thinking about I that? really close. Yeah. I, Are you I kidding me? Oh, shit. Skull. What is that? Oh. It's just a sugar skull. That's cool. That was you are tatted the fuck up, lady. <laughs> but this one makes me feel like a flat earther. What does that say? Something, everything. Says, question everything. <laughs> Did you say like a flat earther? I flat feel earth. like a flat earther now. At the time, it was like an homage to George Carlin. I felt okay. really yeah, yeah. edgy and cool. Interesting. Because he had a sketch. He would talk about like teaching your kids to question everything and mm-hmm. things like that. And way intellectual. Interesting. And now it's kind of like you... A person who would go on the Joe Rogan podcast and Touché. talk about Eddie Bravo style. Yeah, that's somebody <laughs> who questions everything. I'm, I do not identify Look into myself. It. Look into it, Fernanda. <laughs> Look into it. All right. Don't be a sheep. <laughs> Sheeple. Think for yourself. That's so, awesome. I'm getting this one covered. <laughs> You're gonna go over it, really? It's gonna go over it. Yeah. Actually, I lied. I have one more tattoo. Me and my uh, fiance got matching tattoos. That's. Scary, but let me. Uh, cute. If it's not a, each other's names, that's fine. No, uh, if you've ever heard of Katana Comics, nah. it's an Instagram account. Okay. Uh, where they have these, uh, these like little characters, and every day she releases like a comic strip of them, and it's like super relatable stuff for couples. Aww. So it's like just random stuff like this. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm very single. So, <laughs> maybe you should follow in. You'll get some. Uh, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got. I got the guy tattooed on me with a heart, oh. and she got a girl tattooed. Like they're kind of facing each other. She got it on her tricep. I got it on my inner back. Oh, that's. A I didn't want to. I didn't. I want it to be for me. Like these tattoos are more so for me yeah. than to like show off to people. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to like put it on the inside of my body rather than not the inside, but like on my lower back. <laughs> so that sounds really kidney. fucked up. So I got my kidney. <laughs> Like I got a tattooed on my kidney and put it back in. It's just very groundbreaking technology, but I found the guy who did it. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's um, that's the the matching tattoo that we got. It's <laughs> so cute, though. I know. I uh, have matching tattoos with my sister. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What did you guys get? Um, we have like two hearts. Uh, it's like very old school. It says "Stay strong." Okay. Um, her you're very a motivational woman. Like, you, you, you're like, okay, I got to question this shit. <laughs> you said personal things. 
<laughs> and I actually have written things here, like a Juno Diaz tattoo here and a Patty Smith tattoo here. But it's too hard. Says so stay strong. Juno Diaz actually, I think that's a tattoo that uh, Vanderlei has on his on his thing here. I actually have his figurine up there. <laughs> He's the one with the title on it. If you want to pull that down, you're more than welcome to look at it. But does it say the same? <clears throat> something? De- Am I allowed to go touch? for it? Just go for it. Am I allowed? Yeah, to just take it. Go for it. I Play with all you want. The there you go. You got the same one, Nick Diaz. <laughs> I only have two, and it's gotta be. Red. Wow, that's Nick awesome. Diaz and Michael Bisping. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, met Michael, so that's ruined. But <laughs> Michael is fun. What does it say on his? Uh... Oh, uh, God is faithful. Okay. So, Deus é fiel. Deus is God. Okay. Deus. Got Deus. it. Yeah. Uh, I was working a cubicle job, and I'm like, I need to decorate my office a little bit more, so I got them. Put it around. They have like this. They're everything. Very faithful. Yeah. They got yeah, everything it's on. Like all bi- no, this is like Zufa <laughs> Limited. <laughs> uh, I think it was a company called Five Rounds. Uh, they were actually based out of Toronto that did all these yeah. figurines. Oh my God. They got all the details. Even the Shogun one. They got the inner tattoo, inner uh, arm tattoo. They got everything. Ben Henderson. This has like a bunch. And they got a like super tiny hand. <laughs> Very advanced psychology. <laughs> Mesmerized by this. The, even the Ben Henderson one, he has the wings tattoo on his back. Oh, but the wings are. I guess it's easier to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Shogun looks nothing like that. <laughs> this is not. No. no. But I'm like, hey, it's Shogun. The first two were Shogun and Vanderlei. I'm like, I need those two. Okay, next time we're on Shogun, I'm going to have him like record a message oh, to you. You would. I would, like I said, I would probably shit myself immediately. Uh, <laughs> Let's avoid that. Maybe not. He's just, he's a regular person. He, I don't know what it is. I just had, like when I got into MMA, he was the guy that I yeah. was like so behind. I mean, I don't know what what my attraction is to him, but I just find him fun to watch as a yeah. fighter. But um, I, I feel like he has that effect on people. Yeah, because I, I I think that he's one of those guys that like. He has that intangible thing that you just you're just drawn to him. Yeah, he seems super likable. Um, he's, he's just a very nice person. Like, I, I'm not trying to talk negatively about him at all or anything, but one thing that I have heard in the past is that he was never super like he was never super committed to fighting as like a a person oh, that he, was yeah. Like, it was always tough to get him to cut weight or mm-hmm. stay on a diet or anything like that. Realistically, he could probably fought at 185. I mean, it seemed like he had a, that body frame that he yeah. could actually get down to 185 if he wanted to. Is that kind of something that's been going around Brazil? Like, is that is that yeah. the word? It, it, is that, that was the known? word that at the time, like, he was the guy who would love to just, like, spar and, like, go ape shit. But yeah. he wasn't that interested in, like, strength and conditioning. No. <laughs> it's just his heart, his will, <laughs> yeah. his viciousness, yeah. pretty much, if it's that's even a word. Like, but. It's what I always heard. But, you know, there comes a point where you have to just be an athlete or you're not going to do it and but he still sur- reached the pinnacle of the sport he and he's surrounded like by all the right people yeah i think that helps he's close with damien so he goes to damien's te- team to train and damien's got like insane work ethic that's another guy i love as well damien is amazing awesome he was a journalist himself or something wasn't he uh he uh graduated he got his degree uh, did you guys go to the same school no he was in <laughs> Apollo, and he was he's yeah. older than me yeah <laughs> like 10 years older than me such a uh, dumb question I'm but, sorry <laughs> no. yeah Brazil we all know each other yeah yeah same shit Sao Paulo Rio same shit right but his manager was also my friend went to school for journalism and they didn't go together okay. and I asked him the same question so he isn't was, that the Shogun's manager as well Eduardo, Alonso yes. Eduardo yeah, yeah. Alonso 
Yeah. That's what it was. No, that I, I remember seeing that. And there was a little bit of a stretch where he was without Shogun. I remember yeah. we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, I think that's when Shogun moved to Cali, right? Didn't he move to America for a bit? He, I don't know if he moved. He was training at Kings, right? Yes. He was yeah, with uh, Cordero. Yeah. I don't know. I think he was with Eduardo with for him. some of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very like family oriented guy. Seems like so, it. So, yeah. He, he seems to be on his, his family in the he, south of Brazil. He seems to be a little bit on his last legs in a sense of, I think he promised his wife maybe one or two more fights. Oh, yeah. Is <laughs> he that was for joking sure? about that at the press conference. Yeah. Oh, like, wait, that's a joke. No, I think it's true, but he it's was true. making a joke. He was like, I think I'm going to have to take her to Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to convince her to get another fight. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think he's probably at that stage of his life. And like, we're not close as friends, but... <laughs> I got uh, his number, that's it. <laughs> Let me pop that up. Shogun, you're alive. Yeah. Say hi, bro. <laughs> what are you up to? Damn. What's so. the diggity? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I think that he is about to... Um, I think he's at that point where people around him are probably like trying to get him... Get out of there. To quit. Yeah. And... I, but that's the thing, like, and I, I actually wrote a story about that. Yeah. Like, fighter retirements, uh, just talking about how unfair it is that we expect people to retire at the time when we decide they should retire. Yeah. He's done this his entire life. Yeah, he's 38 now. That's kind of what I wanted to look at is his age, because he's been around freaking forever. He, he 38 now, it's not old. Yeah. Not anymore for a fighter. I think, like, 35 is a good age to be a fighter But now. he's kind of lucky where he's in the division where being older is not that bad. Because it's a shitty division. Light heavyweight and heavyweight. You can be freaking 45 and make Remember a title run if you want. Remember when light heavyweight was like the best division? The shit? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... Yodo, Jones, Shogun. Um, This was even before Daniel Cormier came it over. Was exactly. Like he was the shit. Thiago Silva, Rashad Evans. That was like prime time. That was the golden age of the light heavyweight division. Yeah. And then Jones came in and just wrecked everybody. And it was like, <laughs> now we're just like, who's left? Rampage. Even Rampage. Rampage. And, you know, Rashad, like all those guys, you know, like, oh, they're all amazing. And then Jones just like just ripped yeah. through them and you're like, oh, okay. I went to, uh, I was actually at the fight where he beat Shogun. I went down to New Jersey for that fight. Jones? Yeah. You're- and I was the only Shogun fan in the stands because <laughs> <laughs> it was close to uh, John Jones' neck of the woods. They It wasn't legal in New York yet, which is why they did in New Jersey. Yeah. And which is why he fought in Toronto so often because it was so close to New York, right? Um, yeah, that was very, very heartbreaking for me. That was... One of the saddest days for me. Even when uh, Shogun lost a decision, which he should have won. Let's be real. Keep me out of the shit. <laughs> he should have won that. And that was on my birthday, I'm pretty certain, too, That's actually. That's one of my... Oh, UFC 104. Uh, October 22nd. I would not remember. But I remember that I scored it for Lyoto, and I remember that it was great. Okay. Now, well, it, I do it's another... Sh- still one of my favorite fights to this day. Oh, it was a very fun fight. No, it was a great some fight. people sh- just hate on it. I'm like, dude... These were like two men yeah, using their styles mm-hmm. the best way they knew how. Yep. Shogun with like the huge combos. Beautiful but, leg kicks. But still being clever enough not to let that. Because that was, I think, what a lot of people thought. That the way, you know, his aggression would probably be feed right into what Lyoto wanted. And yeah. then it didn't. He fought a very smart game. And then Lyoto fought his game, and to me, it was just like I was mesmerized. It was a super close fight. Yeah, it was very close. Fight. Insanely close. I joke now, but like I think that both of them had cases for it. I need it was to good watch that it. they made the the rematch pretty much immediately. Yeah, too bad that 
<laughs> and that was like I told you before that was the first ever fight that I went to and it was a treat to be there for Shogun capturing the title because I was such a huge fan from uh, back in the day um, what interests you about MMA the most like take your job out of it what interests you about it the most right now I don't think I can take my job out of it because uh, I've, I've grown past the stage of just enjoying fights for the sake of enjoying them. I okay. feel like I can't do that anymore hmm. without context. Okay. Like if you just show me a fight and I don't know who these people are, I I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. Because I used to be very into like the technical aspect of it, you know, just like watching, trying to figure out, you know, what's happening, who's imposing one. Now, like what interests me the most about MMA is the stories. Because mm-hmm. these are like <clears throat> human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, and it takes, but it they're special human beings. It takes something mm-hmm. for you to be a cage fighter. But I think you're in a very special position where you're able to to make that difference. Like you can be like, okay, um, you know, this person is a human, and he's not just fighting to get a title. He's fighting yeah. for the well being of his family. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, casual fans just like, I want to see that guy get knocked out. You know what I mean? sort of been there maybe or of course like getting like, into the sport that's kind yeah. of what gets us into the yeah, sport exactly. it's like we i came from wwe to ufc like holy shit they do this for real <laughs> this guy's actually getting punched in the face and you tell me the people running off the ropes and back to the person that doesn't actually happen so that's not an accident like <laughs> no. they want to hurt yeah, each other exactly that's what really got me i was part of the the brock lesnar transition yeah when brock lesnar started to get to the ufc that's when i started to flip too Oh. That's when I realized I'm like, oh shit, they do this for real. That's when I dropped WWF completely, MMA, absolutely. But it, I can't remember where I really start to differentiate it from. I want to see this guy get knocked out too. I'm interested to see what kind of game plan they're coming into this fight yeah. with, um, what they're fighting for. You know, start to get into like how much these guys are getting paid. If I, you know, start to be that fucking social justice warrior for them in terms of they should be getting paid more and and stuff like that. I'm not sure when that transition for me happened. Uh, but I think we are like, I've been around fighters a lot. You've been around fighters a lot. It's, it, it takes that special position for you to be like, okay, now I can differentiate it. Now I don't know if I want to watch these guys actually, you know, punch each other in the face. I want one of them to, (laughs) somebody's got to win. Can't they both win? Can we both give them a title or something like that? What is it for you though, that, that, that keeps you attracted to the sport? I think that is it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I, and that's a hard question for me to answer. It's the question that I ask everyone in my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) God damn it. I hate this. You accepted. You accepted this. this. I do not appreciate this. (laughs) Um, And it's a question that I ask myself. Like, say I do not work in MMA anymore tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be watching. For sure. Right? So, am I for how long? Will it keep me interested? And I honestly do not know how to answer it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I I think that what keeps me there is just how crazy it is. Yeah. Like the whole concept of it is just insane. It, I find it the most intriguing because there's so many other sports where like guys hate each other, but they have to go dribble a ball out there or they yeah. have to go run from one no, end zone to the other. Like- These guys actually get to punch each other in the face. And and that's why I've never gotten like the whole weigh-ins, pushing each other and trying to fight each other. You guys are getting paid to do it the next day. But then at the same time, they're like they're just cutting weight. They're like weird and their emotions. Are I get there's a lot of the tension place. and emotions coming into it, but why do it illegally when you're getting paid to like? But it's, 
the emotions. You know, like, I get it. it. It that's the part that really intrigues me because, like, can you imagine? Like you're in like your underwear. <laughs> the closest I've done is like boxing, sparring yeah. at a family gym. That's about it. I didn't wait that for like ten years. Oh wow! I still cannot even probably whip my ass. <laughs> I'm just gonna come in with the boxing sets. I got my rival gloves right there. So I won't head. My head kick is pretty good, so I'll probably just try that. <laughs> but it we'll takes see. up a lot of energy. So <laughs> the stamina like just five, completely gone. Yeah, after five of them, they fail. <laughs> Then you're done. I'll done take you down. Good. That's about it. Exactly. I'm done. I'm a blue belt though. So. Okay. Okay. More than I've ever done. So that's fine. Uh, but I just think that that's the thing that really intrigues me. Like to me, I can't even imagine doing that. Not even the fighting part. Okay. I mean, once the door is closed, like the, the instincts kick in. Yeah. You're just there and you don't have anywhere else to go. So you're kind of like, I guess I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> but just like make it to the, that point. Right. Because you go through an entire camp of thinking about that yes and you can't let the anxiety wreck you Mm -hmm. right and then you go to training every day and we see the good stuff but i'm sure there are days when they go to like a sparring session and then they get fucking murdered and they They don't want to be there or anything like that yeah they just Mm -hmm. think no i'm i suck at this Mm -hmm. they can't say it yeah lima lay mcfarland actually did that recently I don't know if you caught that, but she was talking about she was like close to retiring yeah. in the middle of her fight camp because she got beat up one day in training and she goes, I'm going to retire. I saw it something on Twitter. Yeah. I didn't even. But then she eventually got it back together She's and then awesome, she won the last fight. I love that. I love her so much. She's won me a lot of money in the past, but regardless, <laughs> like she's she's awesome. Like I, I wish I don't think we'll ever see in the UFC to be honest, just because she has such a great relationship with Bellator. Um, I, I've have you been around or covered any fighter through their training camp? Never. Never. Is that something you want to do? I would love to. <clears throat> like, uh, we were talking about documentaries. I love documentaries. Mm-hmm. I've watched them for a long time. So I, I do hope I get to make one one day. And I would love it to be. But that's the thing. Like we've seen five documentaries. So I think anatomy of a fighter, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, <clears throat> and that was my issue. Like, what took me this long? To, you know, like to get into podcasting was the fact that I just thought there were too many of them and mm-hmm. I wanted to do something different. Um, For sure. But I would love to like do a documentary and actually capture like a camp. Yeah. The like, ups, the downs, everything. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. just like the little bit, not just like, oh, he's sweating a lot and mm-hmm. he's like, he's craving candy. And, like, you know, the just like the part when the person is just kind of like, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at this. I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, I don't want to <clears throat> make it up there. And then you're doing all of that and you're dieting. Yeah. And you're like. We hate dieting as normal people. Imagine dude, trying to do it while you're going to get punched in the face. Exactly. Like right? you have all these emotions and you have no outlet for them. Mm-hmm. You can drink, you can eat, you can, you know, like it, you're so limited and you're doing that in a very public way. If yes. You're a big fighter. For sure. People are calling you and you have to be like, no, I'm, <laughs> it's amazing. It's been great. It's yeah. the best camp of my life. Yep. And you can see why they would do it. Mm-hmm. Because if they say, no, it sucked. I'm injured. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, like, you know, <clears throat> people from that camp and yeah. you know, the fighter will tell you this. And the yes. person from that camp is going to be like, no, their knees busted. Yeah. You just talk to them and they say that everything's great, but their knees busted. That's why it's hard for me to get behind, like watching interviews of fighters nowadays, because you got to take a grain of salt with whatever they say. Oh. They're not going to be like, yeah, my knees hurt. Because <laughs> <Why? laughs> otherwise, they're just giving like a, an Tips. ammunition. Exactly. Like you, this is the one sport where, like with basketball, you can be like, okay, we're going to go out there and shoot all these three-pointers and yeah. see what the team's going to do about it. With fighting, you're going to be like, okay, if my knees hurt, 
kind of fucked. Right? <laughs> You're kind of fucked. No way around this. Yeah. One. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in the aspect where I have been around guys like from when I worked at the MMA gym, I was in charge of like my job title was general manager of the gym. So I was like trying to get members into the gym and, and all that. But I was also the, the owner also saw that I was really into the fight game. So I started like booking fights for guys, um, cornering guys. That was a very oh, wow. fucking fun experience. That was so fun from the insane. amateur level to the pro level. It was so fun. Like, I love it. it, it it's very nerve wracking. Yeah. I would imagine like there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and like, thankfully these guys that I was cornering, they trusted me Yeah, to the point like, like, the, the only advice I've ever given a fighter in terms of technique is whenever you're b- breaking from a clinch, yeah. throw something. Yeah, like, absolutely. Don't, like that's when don't people are just least let that moment go away. Exactly. Throw something. And it fucking worked out in one of the fights. I actually <laughs> oh, told the guy. Awesome. Yeah, it was fucking great. Um, but, but seeing them from the beginning where you see them in the beginning of the training yeah. camp all the way up into the fight, it's something that people just don't get to see. And I wish people got to see more of it. Like Anatomy of a Fighter is doing a good job of that. But I think that there's even more that can be uncovered. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you get to freaking do it. Like that would be awesome. I don't know if awesome. that's something you've ever pitched to the athletic or something like, or oh, even Dan. No, not yet. Not uh, yet. I, this is something that I wouldn't want to do for an outlet or something like that. Do you feel like you have a relationship with a certain fighter or certain fighters that would allow you to do something like that? <sighs> you don't have to name any names, but I'm just saying like. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, the reason why I get good interviews with fighters is because a lot of them are people that I've known forever. And they trust you. And they trust me. That's they the main know thing. that I'm not going to, you know, make them look bad. Uh, that there is a reason why I'm asking the things I'm asking. And they know that I know the sport, mm-hmm. which helps, right? Because they're not like answering like they are talking to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. But, um, there's a limit to that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, like I would love to do a documentary on Damian Maya, but I would watch the shit it's out of that. Already happened. Okay, they've okay. already done a documentary. Did I miss this? For the, is it in Portuguese? Uh, That's it probably is, why I haven't watched it yet. It's coming out. Still. Okay, he talked to me when I did my story on him, which was the closest thing, and I'm happy with it. Uh, I think I was able to show a side of him that not a lot of people knew but um he was talking he wants to publish books and things like that so mm-hmm. he's doing that for himself he's on his like retirement tour right now isn't he he just took that fight with gilbert burns that's coming up soon he is um, i think he has one or two more fights left in him he's not committed to retiring mm-hmm. but he might but it's not like he's i'm going for the title like he's not thinking that is he so if he gets close enough to that title that would be the thing that would keep him around for a little longer interesting Gilbert Burns is kind of the way to that as well because that guy has a lot of steam behind him. Exactly. Um, and he's like hilarious. Damien? Gilbert? Gilbert. Gilbert? He, I, I'm glad he's getting the steam that he is too because he's a very charismatic guy from at least things I've seen. What he's been doing with the anytime, any triple A, I think that's where he calls himself yeah. now. <laughs> Instead of the triple C. I actually interviewed him. But it hasn't come out for a story. And he no? was like, Shit. I was like, oh, you're, how are you with the, your mission? And he was like, no, no, I got sick. So I'm like slowing down a bit. He was just like getting over a flu or something. It's like no, so I stopped it for like a week, and then he got like two days later. (laughs) That's awesome. He's 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 a very fun follow. You know he's he's awesome. This is a big fight for him too. I hate this fight. Of course, (sighs) I'm sure there's plenty of fights in the past where you've been like, I don't want these guys to fight each other. (laughs) For Doom and Big Nog. Oh, that must have been tough for you, right? Big Knock was the one reassuring me after. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. I promise. He, he literally, he did like. <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> I wasn't working as a journalist, so I was allowed to show emotions. Yeah. Now when I'm like, do you find it tough now though? Like being oh, in the position actually, as you are. Oh yeah. Like I was, I have a, a, a tough time. Like not even hiding my emotions in terms of I want this person to win and this person to lose, but like I get, I don't do a lot of cage side. I used to be like uh, MMA junkie. I used to be backstage doing okay. video. Mm-hmm. So now it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did like Uruguay. I was cage side. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Unless I had Karn- to watch Shevchenko and Karmouche. So that was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to watch that. But I Norm- watched Mike yeah. Perry and Vicente Chaluki. That was a freaking crazy and fight. So I was like. That was insane. Yeah. And like, then his nose after that. Faces. At what point did you notice his nose? blood but I mean, like the really uh disgusting part was when vicente had him in the lock I, was it a guillotine i think so he had like his head stuck uh oh and then he was squeezing and, and the was blood was coming out uh, and you could see the blood uh, dripping from vicente's side and that's it was just insane. the grossest fucking thing ever oh my god uh and just now in sao paulo i was uh cage side for shogun and paul craig oh yeah yeah crazy and fight crazy fight and then the minute that the Paul Greg like I think it was the first round when Paul unleashed on Shoga no second and it seemed Sorry, like it I could did be it. over for a few seconds there mm-hmm. uh, but Shogun was Ducking. covering up he wasn't he wasn't really getting uh the damage but it was right where i was oh wow so, he was so you like, could see it all i could see it all but but not all and that's what was scary because like i had children's back toward me and then craig like just throwing shit and i was like dude don't you like dare get knocked out <laughs> don't do this to me show like, that that would be like very yeah. unpleasant yeah like, let's just avoid this whole situation <laughs> i'm looking at it like oh man oh, I, I do a show with one of my best friends where we uh the night after or the, the day after the fights uh we look at a split decision yeah. and we'll try to break down and see okay was this the correct call i did not think that was a correct call i think, I think a draw was correct one. you thought so i think a draw was correct i didn't watch it back though so mm-hmm. there's that like watching yeah. cage side i gave it to shogun i was like robbery i don't agree with robbery it's very rare for a fight to like just be so fucking weird that you yeah. can't agree with the result on that one that's I, why i'm doing that show like yeah. all these split decisions are happy where it's called deciding splits that's, like where that's, that's we want to we want to create conversation yeah. and have like a, a platform where people can be like oh we're even trying to introduce like our own type of scoring system we call it uh the css i'm not even going to get into what it stands for <laughs> but it's like relative scoring so like if somebody won a round way more decisively than the second round or oh, the third but round that would just like boggle people's minds too much but but can trust judges to like be this subjective but but like all 10 nines are not the same right i agree but, I was, but again like decisively would have to be like a 10 eight like do, do you remember the marino rodriguez and cynthia calvio fight uh, that was a draw. Yes, but I don't think I watched the fight. Okay, we, I ha- we had it ten nine Marina Rodriguez first round, ten eight round two for Rodriguez, and then ten seven for Calvio in, in the third, which still gave us a draw. Yeah. But I think they should be more lenient with ten sevens and ten eights. They never do. 10 they sevens. don't. Very rare. Like now I can't they're remember. getting more liberal with the ten eights. But, but I think that's that's the way to go. Like if you yeah. want to stick with this ten point must system. Then why the fuck are we not using the one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven? Right? Like, let's be a little bit more generous with it, yeah, so that we can see. Very conservative. It's it's mind boggling. I don't think we're ever going to see a change from it. At least not at least in the next like five years or so. Yeah. A lot of people ask me like uh, when I do like ask me anything on Twitter for my podcast. Like, when you think you, about you the know, scoring system, I'm like, I have no idea what's the best alternative here do you have something in mind that you would like like even a thought where you're like this would solve no. it 
Not even. You didn't even tread into that territory. You're like, nope. fuck it. Not my job. Not my job. <laughs> no, I just like, feel like maybe know what you're fucking watching. Touche. That would be watch, <laughs> watch, watch. Know what you're scoring. Yeah. Like the ideal thing would be to, for it to be unified. Like yes. everybody's looking for the same things. Yeah. Because the fighter who plays for points, like you can just be like, oh, you shouldn't. You should, dude. They it's, play for points. They it's play a fucking sco- like dude, it's a it's sport. Like, like these are the salary. rules. Yeah. Twice, twice your money. Can That's you the big thing. That's the big thing. Can you imagine? Like you make twice your money if you win. Yes. So of course you want to win. Of course. Some and you want to play it safe like, as much as possible for certain guys. For certain guys. For so certain women. Don't sorry. give a fuck. So yeah. it's like Mike Perry was going to be Mike Perry and whatever. But and even him, he started like smarting up a bit. But like, so you can't really fault them for mm-hmm. wanting to play within the system. And they make strategies within the system. So the system just needs to be clear. What do you think about fighters becoming judges? Because I think Ricardo Almeida did it, right? Frank, I don't. I think Frank Trigg is just a referee. But what Frank, do you think about? I think Frank Trigg is just a referee. Yeah, yeah. I think Ricardo Almeida started doing it for New Jersey. I think that would be awesome, but like, there's a little bit of conflict of interest there, though. If they're still like involved in gyms, yes, and mm-hmm. he is. He's a coach, so. But you may not even know what certain like relationships some of these guys have with the fighters. Yeah, no, right? you're you're right. Like, I, I think the idea of having a fighter who knows what they're looking for sounds appealing. Now that you just like mentioned it to me, mm-hmm. but there will inevitably be a conflict. There players. needs to be some sort of like, because even like okay, this guy can't judge these fights, yeah, just because he has a relation to but these then guys. Can you imagine the the like complication of making that happen? Touche. Right? There's a lot Impossible. of like red tape and logistical <laughs> shit. Going <laughs> on there. Like, no, no, I know, I know, yeah. you know that yeah. guy. <laughs> Last thing I want to get on in terms of judging, uh, Marais and uh, Marais. Well, what's are correct? Well, what do you what do Brazilians prefer? So no, from Rio we would say Moraes. Okay. From São Paulo they would say Moraes. I'm gonna go with Moraes. Uh, Moraes and Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, wait, you're from Rio, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. The Shogun is from the south. Yes. Curitiba. Yeah. <laughs> he has the weirdest fucking accent. I'm trying to like <laughs> the way he talks. I'll go. I'll so go with Shogun's way. Whatever he would say, Moraes says or Moraes. I'll go Wrong with that. Moraes. Okay, Moraes. Moraes and Aldo. Do you remember yeah. the third round? It was more so Aldo pressing forward. I had, I had Aldo. You had Aldo winning that. Yeah. I had Marais winning that. The third round. Because Aldo was moving forward. Yeah. He was throwing a lot, but he wasn't yeah. really landing. Whereas yeah. Marais was landing the better shots, more effective, more damage, in my opinion. I had Aldo, but once it was over, I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be mad at anything. If anything, Aldo ri- uh, rose his stock or, or grew his so, stock. I because it was like he... Everybody's like, he's going to go in there and get murked because he's got 135, doesn't yeah. have fucking, you know, his wits about him or, you know, he looked horrible coming into that fight. And the funny thing is, once he made weight, everybody's like, oh, he looks great. I was saying all along, fight. he's not stupid. He wouldn't do this without a team saying... He'd be able to do it. He'd be able to do it. My my concern is more long term. That's that's like the next thing I was going to say. It, yeah, I knew he was going to make. I knew you can never know, but like I didn't I, think he was going to make it. I I'm thought sorry. he was. Gonna, <laughs> I just sorry. like I was so annoyed by the whole conversation on Twitter. I, I didn't try feeding into it, but I did see it as well. <sighs> and I was in the camp of I don't think he was going to make it. I, I thought he was going to make it. Yeah, and I was just annoyed by kind of like. Everybody becoming a doctor out of I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah. Don't. But but yeah, he, he looked great. 
If it, even in a loss, he rose his stock, and he might even get a fucking title shot now, which it's is crazy. Insane that should not happen. Yeah, right. I do not agree with that. Do you have any inside information regarding whether that's going to happen for sure or not? No, but like it's so transparent what they did. <sighs> I think Sehuda wanted him to win, and then he did, and they were like, "Oh, it's close enough that we can <laughs> try." It. <laughs> it's he's kind of lucky though that Marais just lost to yeah. Sehuda. If it was anybody else, they would be exactly. like, give, give it to that fucking guy. Now it's kind of like, okay, but what? I shouldn't have it either. So everybody's like, oh my God, what should we do? I think he's going to get the fight. It's just so weird. I think it's weird. Who do you think know. realistically deserves a shot at 135 right now? Uh, who was it? Peter Jan? Piotr. Piotr. Piotr Jan. I, I can't. That's why I don't talk trash <laughs> about people who get Brazilian names wrong. I'm a, I'm a huge John Anik fan, yeah. and he is a stickler oh, for he pronunciation. He would ask me. He asks everyone. Yep. Like he's very like. I love that about him. I love that he's super professional in that way. I don't know if you listen to his podcast either with him and Kenny Florian. Sometimes, yeah. It's the weirdest. Kenny thing. is very good about that too. Sorry. Kenny is good about that. Yes, Kenny as well. But uh, he is. Uh, it's so weird to hear him swear. Because he yeah. swears on his podcast, but he's very efficient with it. <laughs> like, he just doesn't throw fuck, 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 fuck. He goes, let's fucking go. Like, he'll do things like that when uh, Ray Longo comes on his podcast yeah. and all that type of stuff. I, I love when he does that. Um, uh, I was super proud when I finally got Kennedy and Zetsuko down. A uh, couple other names. I was like, damn, I think John Anik would be proud of me <laughs> if I got that. That's why I wanted to get your name correct as well. Fernanda Pratesh. Fernanda and he Pratesh. has a Carioca accent. John has, says it with a sh- Michel Prazerish. <laughs> Prazerish, yeah, yeah. And he would ask me, like, how do I say this? I'm like, well, <laughs> it depends on who you're trying to please. Yeah, exactly. If you want to, like, get to the Rio crowd, yeah. that's how you say it. And we're the cool people. So. <laughs> um, Laura Senko gets the names right, too. She's awesome. She's very good with names. She is awesome. I, I, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, and especially when she calls out the dumbass people on Instagram. <laughs> That's amazing. It. It's like the best She's part like of my day when I come across whisper. that. <laughs> and she does the best like uh, uh, responses as well. Like yeah. she has, she's so methodical when she comes with it and, and then I'm posting it to Very everybody cerebral. else. Very cerebral. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the perfect freaking word. Um, how are you liking Toronto? I'm liking Toronto. I love it here. Yeah. I think it's like the best place. What, what's uh, one thing that you weren't really expecting that you've come across? Or is there anything that I kind of like, I was not expecting to come across this in Toronto or anything? Because you've been here before, right? Yeah. So let's talk about like when you first came here. No, so like I was okay, so it's a bad thing that I wasn't expecting as much. That's because fine. like you come from Rio and you like, it's like a fucking jungle up there <laughs> and everything is awful. Yeah. So you're thinking Canada is like the neatest, like fucking clean. Everybody place. goes with the law. Everything's <laughs> just fine. Yeah. Uh, but like it has a big drug problem. Uh, homeless problem for sure. Drug, I guess people, drug problem is hand in hand. Yeah. Cause like you see people really out of it on the streets. Yeah. And that's not something you see in Rio. This homelessness is not a huge no it's issue. huge okay but usually like people like just out of it it's something that's kind of like far away from real reality interesting here like because i was staying downtown for a while like mm-hmm. people are like zombies yeah and you feel really bad because you know that that's the worst health i try problem. to just podcast straight ahead and that's what you have to do in rio because like homelessness is huge and like a lot of kids on the streets and it's like 
it, it's so heartbreaking that you have to be a, li a little insensitive. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just won't be able to get on with your life. No way. No way. You know, so, when I went to India for the first oh, time. Oh, man. I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Broke my heart every single day stepping out. And it, even like uh, we went to go visit my aunt. And she has her like little house area. And then across the street is like Skid Row type of shit. Oh, no. Where like half built houses and people are living out of their tents and shit. Kids too. Deformed kids. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Oh, like breaks so my fucking heart. Like I hate seeing that type of stuff. Yeah. But it's pretty prominent in Toronto. Like it's, yeah. you see that stuff downtown. There's a huge drug problem. Are there any big drug problems in Brazil? Like is there... It's different because like it's more out of sight, I think, in oh, okay. terms of just drugs. And like here, like the opioid problem is big, yes. like in the US, and it's mm -hmm. different there. So it's just different. Rio has so many problems. So it's kind of like... Uh, so you live in Rio? I live in Rio. Okay. Yep. So I think that's the thing. Like you go out, get out of there thinking that, no, Canada is perfect. <laughs> like, have you seen Trudeau? <laughs> oh my God. What do you think about Dreamy? the beard? What do you think about the beard? <laughs> Oh my middle-aged Christ. I love it. It's adorable. I think it's like he's trying to look edgy. I'm all for it. You do you, boo. Justin, I'm still Let me here. fluff your pillows for you. Still here. Still, I love beards. So. I'll send it off. Don't worry. It's all good. It's okay. I'm okay. You can buy a Porsche. No, this is your camera it. right here if you want to really love give him it. a full... There you go. Justin. There you go. Send the I'm wink. Here. Send the wink. There you go. I'll be here for like two months or so. <laughs> No strings attached. None. Nobody's Mrs. Trudeau doesn't need to know. Nobody's. <laughs> a little sick. No, but, uh, yeah. uh, but it's so different. Like, because uh, on the other hand, uh, public transportation, so effective. Here, compared Here, to over there. Compared, like, we're always a mess. Like, you don't know where you're Like, I would never trust me, like, to get somewhere with a cell phone. Oh, Here, really? it's kind of like, ugh. Just messy. That's kind of what like a tourist like relies on. I do not know what how tourists just tourists don't go to Rio. <laughs> that was going to be one of my following questions. I want to go to Brazil, but oh, I've as heard, a tourist, it's fine. It's like a cool place to visit. But I've heard it's kind of dangerous. For it us. is. Yes. Like like people are actively looking out there to go out there and scam tourists, things like that. And everyone here, ah. like I walk around with my phone out in my hand. That you can't do that in Rio. <laughs> Oh, sweet summer child. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, here's insane. Like, I, I was, like, arriving at a station at, like, 1 a.m. Cold as tits, which sucks. <laughs> so I was, like, dying. But I was, like, I had my phone out. I was, like, well, this is shady as fuck, but I don't care. <laughs> no harm is going to be done to Like, oh, I'm walking down this, like, oh, oh it's a God. dark alley. Fine, I'll just walk into yeah. this alley. I'll just do that. Why not? Can't do that in real. <laughs> really? That bad? No, it's really... I remember hearing a fighter got robbed. I think Aldo. Wasn't Aldo uh, robbed? Shogun. Shogun got robbed. Like the car, like they took everything. They took his car. The, nobody's going to rob Aldo. No? No, they won't fuck with that. <laughs> Aldo's like snot. Oh. Everybody knows Aldo. Aldo in Rio, yeah. He's the king of Rio. Actually, that's true. John Anik. Yeah. He gave him that fucking name. <laughs> that's crazy. Shogun. <laughs> Shogun yeah. got robbed. Poor got guy. robbed. It was like a scary situation. I think they took his car. It was like something bad. Wow. Uh, Jessica Andrade. Yes, I remember that one. Got robbed. Like it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's not. It's it's. I mean, I I always try to say, well, it's not like Sarajevo during like the civil war. Okay. So it's like because a lot of people think, look, you can get shot. I've never been robbed with a weapon. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel threatened? Oh, all of them. Every day? <laughs> Is it every day almost? Every day. 
Fuck. My mom was like... The fact that you're saying that you can't even walk around with your phone out is crazy. Yeah, you're terrified all the jewelry, time. Jewelry, tuck it in. <laughs> what is jewelry? Why would I own that? <laughs> but my mom, when she moved out, she's living in Portugal now. She was like oh, severely cool. terrified. That's another place on my bucket list. Oh, Portugal is lovely. For sure. It's so cheap. Uh, mm. She was like terrified of everything in Rio. So. Where where did you grow up? Like, if you don't mind me asking. I grew up in Rio. I was okay. born in Brasilia, the capital. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I grew up in, like, a good zone of Rio. Like, okay. the south zone, the noble part of the city. We have some pretty sketchy areas in Toronto. Yeah. Jane and Finch, shout I've out. I've heard. <laughs> haven't seen them. The fucked up part is, before I went to go grab you from the station, um, apparently my neighbor got robbed. So I don't know if you noticed when we were walking in, like, the, the neighbor house, he has all these wires and stuff outside. He's an electrician. Didn't notice. Uh, but he had mountains of them out there. Somebody came and stole all of that. And he has a tractor, uh, or, or sorry, like a small trailer in his parking garage, or sorry, in his driveway. And they tried stealing that too. So there's like a little bit of dust on it and they would write like cool or nice. They'll keep fucking around. And even the people across the street from me, their car got stolen. <gasps> I had no idea this area was like that at all. What? Apparently, a couple houses down, they have security cameras, and they saw the people taking it and stuff. The guy found his car. It was at a body shop that had like ten grand worth of damages on it. But oh. like, this isn't known to be a, a troublesome area. Yeah, this is meant to be like a suburban family neighborhood. But like, there are places like Jane and Fitch where like they don't really even report much on like gun shootings anymore because it's so often, it's so frequent there. It's because watching the news, I was like. Somebody almost got hit by a car. I, I, I remember reading one of your tweets said something about something that happened in Mississauga. Oh, no, it was a New Year's baby. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, that was something else. But yeah. But it's always like, oh, somebody almost got stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> they're fine, though. <laughs> I swear they're fine. Like, oh, that's news? Yeah. Now, the other time I was here, a lady threw a chair out of a window. Yes. She uh, was Brazilian, I think. She was Brazilian? Somebody said Priscilla, that Priscilla, I think, was her name. But the funny thing Priscilla is... Priscilla is a very Brazilian name. True. Priscilla Cachoeira. I feel like there's a ring card girl, Priscilla, as well. Okay, I'm probably off on that. But no, there's way. Camilla. Camilla, yeah. And uh, Jenny Andrade. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there are places that are you don't want, really want to go around, especially at night. Uh, but I did not know Rio was that fucking bad. It's just, that's the thing. Like I, I really want to go. Like, I want to experience like, it. twice in my life. You've been the, robbed twice in your life. Yeah, but not with the The gun. fucked up part is you're saying it so casually. <laughs> that's the so fucked up part. My sister who lives here is like, you know that this is not casual. Thank you. But uh, you just start seeing it. Like, I've never had a gun pointed to my face. But is that normal down my there? My mom has had twice. That is so fu- I've never seen a gun in my life. Never. It's not. It's not normal here. Here, like they're like cops, is just gonna like they're just walking around with like giant. They have like assault rifles and shit, pistols and holsters. That's all I've ever seen for cops. See, so it's like so our memories or ideas of Canada are a lot like in Bowling for Columbine when he's like walking around houses and everything's unlocked and he says like one person died of a gunshot in this (laughs) town, and then you're watching it in Rio and you're like. What? Like I, f- I, f- I feel ridiculously safe in Toronto and this area, yeah. just because we've never really had anything big that's happened. There was uh, the biggest thing that happened. There was a guy that uh, you know, Young Street. That's like one of our yeah, main yeah. big streets. There was a guy that actually like drove down the sidewalk and mowed down people. It was an incel, right? Yes. Uh, the fucked up part is that you probably follow this because you love your true crime shit. But uh, they they released the interrogation video of that guy. 
uh, like an hour or two after he committed the crime. And he is absolutely saying, yes, I, I did I it. Just saw, you probably I saw, saw it. that recently. How fucked up is that? And also that um, show on Netflix, Don't Fuck With Cats. I got to watch that still. It's but but yeah, it was about a guy from guy. Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up. I got to watch it. He only killed one guy. He's barely a serial killer. But he did some fucked up shit with to cats. cats. The thing that he did. All I heard is what he did with the, the snake and the cat. That was kind of fucked up. You watched it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrified of snakes. <laughs> That's the, yeah. It's you have a huge uh, phobia with snakes? It's the one thing that terrifies My cousin me. can't even look at a snake or a I picture. I can't on TV? Not even a picture. I just like freak out. I had a stuffed snake. I see snake. them all day. I <laughs> dream of them. Really? That bad? I guess you and my cousin are one in, one in the same then. That's fucking crazy. I didn't know that like even looking at something you'd be terrified. I am a snake. Like if I was to pull up a snake right here right now. Don't do that. You know? I'll be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> this friendship is over. It's not <laughs> <laughs> It used Fuck to be guy. like I couldn't even see a picture. Wow. I just like. Like she can't even watch the Jungle Book. What's that? Jumanji? <laughs> <laughs> What's the jungle book? You've never watched like Disney movies when you were growing up or anything? Like I it? did. Yeah. So Which Cinderella, fucking yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book is right there. Which one is Jungle Book? Jungle Book's with the fucking tiger and the... <sighs> it isn't Mowgli? Mowgli, yeah. Oh, we call it Mowgli. Mowgli the wolf boy. It's a translation in Brazil. Well, wait, well, how do you say it actually? Mogli, Oh, that sounds so cute. Mogli. Celeste is the snake. Uh, yes. It's called The Jungle Book. Can you watch that? Uh, it's a cartoon. <laughs> it's torturous to fucking sit through I that shit. I could actually watch sort of ha- snakes on a plane. Didn't watch that, but I'm sure that would really fuck my cousin They're up. so fake. Oh, okay. Like super CGI. You can kind of tune out yeah. i was taken into that movie as a prank by friends oh wow you thought you were supposed to go watch something else and they knowingly did this to you that's a bitch move that's such a bitch move <laughs> and you actually survived though <laughs> i mean <laughs> developed a bit of an alcohol addiction awesome. after that i didn't drink before then so i just do that to erase the, the voices just in my fucking head suppress just those memories it's hard uh one thing that i'm actually interested in knowing about brazil is also their uh marijuana laws uh super strict oh yes it's super legal here. canada oh, like, you smoke that legal weed i'm like okay but i don't even know how to order it uh, <laughs> and my friend was like fucking there order. are two different strains of strains <sighs> in brazil oh, it's like you get it and you don't ask questions that's it you meet somebody in a parking lot take just it, like, just leave. Take it it's like no questions and you just like accept it for what that's kind of how it was until it got legal here it's super illegal in every circumstance so every time like i just feel like it's blood weed (laughs) (laughs) somebody had to die for me to smoke the shit favela so you could fucking have this so so it's it's like super dl like you have to go into like a back alley and smoke or something like that people have dealers yeah true No, I love the fact that Canada like legalized it. Like it's it's a no brainer. Like it's gonna. I think worldwide, it's eventually gonna happen it's as well. Saying that it's not like we can drink alcohol. It's much worse. worse. Way worse. It will kill you faster. It makes you like drive like a mad person. Like Touché. everything about it is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And in Brazil, the drinking age is eighteen. Uh, that's how it is in Quebec. Yeah, but not everywhere here, right? Sometimes here 19. it's uh, in Ontario is nineteen. Uh, I think Quebec is the only one where it's eighteen. Okay. Uh, I, I might be wrong, but Alberta as well. 
but yeah. 19 is normally their age and then in the states is fucking 21 which is hilarious because half these fighters are like 20 coming into the UFC and they can't even go party 21. after 21 <laughs> all the time when I was there really? <laughs> I love it I've no had this, it. I've had this beard since I was like 15 that's good. that's an Indian gene for you right there that's amazing <laughs> so I never really got carded not even in the US because they card everyone they probably uh, cart me to this day there. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> they cart my fiance all the fucking time. Oh, she looks very young. Yeah, she does. I got carded at LCBO the other day. Ooh. Uh, it's been a long I time since it. I've had to pull it out. <laughs> really? Oh <my> <laughs> so flattering. No, I'm not 30, but thank you. <laughs> yes, this is my passport. <laughs> Just good jeans. <laughs> um, Jeremy's can, okay? <laughs> I do not. Oh my god! What's the so? What is the perception of marijuana down there? That's that's just my. I have a fascination with how it is perceived in all these different countries. Okay, so it's like is it big among the kids? Like, um, like it is, but I feel like it still got such a negative connotation. It still does here, though, even though it's legal. Really? Because you can you can theoretically smoke anywhere, right? Like you can smoke anywhere. Streets. You can smoke cigarettes, but. Each city within Toronto, like there's Toronto and then there's the GTA, which is the greater Toronto area. And each area has their own bylaws in terms of where you can smoke it. So in Markham, for example, you can only smoke it on your own property. You're not able to smoke it in public. Toronto, you can smoke wherever the fuck you want. Okay. As long as you can smoke a cigarette there, you can smoke marijuana That's there. That's good to know. That's the difference. <laughs> Don't want to break any laws. Good right information. Here. Brampton's the same thing. You can smoke wherever the hell you want, where, wherever cigarettes can be smoking. You just can't smoke at parks. Yeah. Um, you near can't schools. Smoke at parks? No, because it's uh-huh. like kids might be around. They don't want to. They don't want you to be able to smoke wherever kids are. Oh. Schools, daycares, fucking all that shit. Want to be near? No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. Take care. I know. I, know. I live right above a school in Rio. Oh so my god! I Better not be smoking there. <laughs> no, I just, just want to die there. You're just very loud in your face. Oh my god! Yeah, I just feel like I ovulate. So. <laughs> um, so it's it's like kind of looked down upon. There is what you're saying, and that's a, to me that's a hilarious part because it's like you have all these parents like admonishing weed because they were taught to because yeah. they were taught it was a bad thing and uh it's called a maconheiro somebody who's a weed smoker okay is that uh, like the equivalent of calling somebody a pothead or a crackhead yeah it would be like okay. a pothead but okay. like it's used like in a very derogatory ah, way touche yeah like maconheiro like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's better that's than hilarious. a fucking drunk yeah that's true i never smoke i drink a lot i'm yeah, more yeah. dangerous than <laughs> The you've never you've never tried weed? No, no, I've tried weed. Okay, you've many tried it. Times. But it's you're just not a thing that, Yeah, true. I mean if it's available. I'm, yeah. I'm like the type of person. Like if it's there, yeah. I'll smoke it. But that's that's kind of like my 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 tray when I give to guests now. Like even my last one, we smoked something pretty big and then came down and started talking shit. Oh, see? <laughs> I would have offered it to you, I but know. I didn't want to be too straightforward. Too that's all. <laughs> no, but no. like alcohol is enough. <laughs> that's Usually I don't mix it. Sometimes I do. I don't. No, I know. Uh, one of my old college roommates. As soon as he mixes it, like if he has alcohol all night, and then it hits the spliff once or something, merely throwing up. Really? Immediately. I it's never weird. get sick. The worst thing that can happen is just like I get real sleepy. <laughs> that does happen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sleep now. That's just, it. But you don't wake up with a hangover, right? True. But I found a way to combat hangovers. Water. Yes. Every time you go to the washroom, <laughs> drink water right yeah. after. That's kind of what I, anytime I'm at a bar, 
go to the washroom, come back, kill a glass of water, and then get back to drinking. Rational me <laughs> knows that. <laughs> and then party, Nanda. And is then all like, party me. She's called Chantal. Chantal does not know that. No, no. She does not care. Just party. Just she party, just, have a good time. She just sees shots and beer. <laughs> and but here like she has to be responsible because shit ends at like one or two touche what what do you see as the difference in terms of nightlife oh this way better here oh, no worse like final worse. call what is less call sorry 1 a.m 2 a.m ish terrible that's when Rio we're just getting started brazil is just fucking all night all you want midnight is when people get, get out of the house touche <laughs> so there is no last call down there no no legal, nothing, no laws saying you can't drink after this. The bar will kick you out, but usually it's like they'll wait. And if they have good business, like it stays open longer. Usually like at around three or four yeah. is when most bars. But there is no law saying. There is no law there. And then you like, okay, this is closed. If you want to keep drinking until like 9 a.m., you can. John Morgan and I have done plenty of that. That fucking guy. Eh? After UFC events, like... I'm sure you guys have some great fucking stories. Oh, uh, we do. I it's it's I don't know if they they're still doing the roadshow, the uh, MMA roadshow. They are. They are. It, Religiously, that's, unfortunately, yeah, that's a podcast I kind of fell off of. Not sure why. I I don't. Yeah, I don't really. But listen, but, but I, I love the the inside info that he always had. And Kenny is like. Oh, Kenny Hathaway, fucking wanna... awesome. Love that guy. He's super cool. He's amazing. He's the best. Um. Yeah, we just like get out of because like in event in Brazil like events end really late like mm-hmm. four five. Wow. So yeah, sometimes it depends <clears throat> on like because uh, daylight saving time, which our fascist president and the <laughs> fascist president, the Nazi guy was not that. So, uh, but so the because of the time difference, I think uh, Aldo Mendes won. I left the arena at like five thirty. Like it damn was day it's that bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, so you know, after you're done with work, by the time like you can actually have a beer, it's like five or six. So John and I would just go across the street to the kiosk <laughs> and joggers are like wow. running past us at 7 a.m. And, and you guys are going to get shit-faced. <laughs> <That clears throat> I've always felt kind of shitty that we're in the East Coast yeah. and like our main card start at 10 o'clock. And that's already like pretty bad for us like sometimes 1 a.m. 1 a.m. main card starts for you guys. But wait, which time zone is that? Like Brazil time is like two hours. Right now, it's two hours ahead. Of Everywhere in Brazil? Uh, yeah. Aren't I there time Manaus, zones within Brazil? Manaus is different. It used to be different. But now okay. with... After they killed Daylight Savings Cross, I don't Which know. is weird. I, I don't know what the fuck. The Nazi guy is just a weird guy. He does wow. weird fucking shit. It's weird that you can even ax that type of shit. I don't even know. Like, I didn't know that the president could just be like... Yeah, I thought this was just a world thing. Because everybody loved it. Because yeah. at like 7 p.m. you could, you know, be at the beach. Because yeah. it was still light it's out. Still light, everybody yeah. loved it. So, I don't know why it ended up. But it did. Uh, but then we're now two hours, yeah, two hours ahead of Eastern. and Two hours ahead. Five. So, they started like midnight for you guys. Yeah. Main cards. Now. But then, for a while, we would have a six-hour difference to pacific time and i knew that because i worked with junkie and mm-hmm. people were in vegas yeah so six that's the best so. fucking time zone for an mma fan everything's early i Amazing. went to <clears throat> i went to lesnar velasquez yeah and that was in anaheim yeah 
And that was the first time I ever watched the fight on the Western Standard Time. Yeah. So as soon as we got outside, it's still fucking 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Exactly. We're like, like what, what do, do we I do? do with all this sign yeah. that I have on my hand? Normally at this time, I'm saying goodbye to my friend, going home and getting right into bed. Like, I'm not much of a party or anything like that, right? Like, we'll just chill at his place, watch the fights, come back. Oh, and no, just... I'm an old lady. Like, I wake <laughs> up at 7 a.m. Ooh. I have lunch at, like, 11. I'm not out of bed uh, earlier than 10 o'clock if I'm not working. Oh, if I'm, I'm a, writing, I'm up at, like, 5.30. I'm a night owl, though. Oh. Like, I'll stay up as late as I can. I'm, I'm the opposite. Because <laughs> I like writing before the day gets me. Touche. So Makes I'll sense. like wake up super early, like I haven't been infected by reality yet. And I'll get most of my <laughs> Let writing. Let me get out there. Then, yeah, and then I'll write everything I can, go for a run, and then I'll... One more thing about Brazil that I wanted to touch on, uh, and we'll end this very shortly. We're getting How in on two hours. It's almost two hours, but it doesn't feel like two hours, does it? <laughs> right? At least for me, it doesn't feel like two hours. No, I'm not just, at all, I'm but sure I'm like, like, you're going to have... You're have to edit this oh no 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 no! i'm not editing shit it's, just <laughs> it's in the ether now ben folks is gonna have his ego stroke through the roof <laughs> but you're gonna have to like send him time like yep he's not gonna listen to like a full <laughs> no hour way. of a thing too they can barely get through a he fucking hour care. of their own show like, he doesn't even read like comments he's just like a higher being um one thing <clears throat> there's a there's a comedian that i i listen to his podcast uh tom segura yes know him and it's weird as fuck to me that he can speak spanish so fluently i don't know if you know that Right, Segura seems like a- his mother's Peruvian. Oh, okay, so that yeah. Uh, and in this last podcast, they were talking about the term uh, Latinx. Okay, you know that term, yes. Uh, and he tried explaining it to a cousin of his in Peru. Yeah, and he. <laughs> this is kind of bad to say, but he goes, "They." <laughs> I'm, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. He goes, "Oh, you mean maracon." Oh, it's yeah. kind of fucking bad. I yeah. I know it's horrible. Like I'm not trying to. It's just horrible that he said that. But what is the perception in Brazil in terms of like that topic? Like, is it LGBTQ? Yeah. Is it dated. how is it down there? Dated. Yeah. Yeah, because like uh, even so, you use the word uh, when Verdum said it because he speaks Spanish, Portuguese. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And it was like this I remember he thing. got into a huge... He got into a lot of trouble, and yeah. as he should have, mm-hmm. because I don't think that we need to give people a pass. But um, I kind of could understand where he was coming from, because in Brazil, we still use a lot of slurs. It's just super like lax back there, but like... It's not the same word, because mm-hmm. in Brazil, it's a word with V that I do not want to read. That's fine. Because I hate it. But okay. they they use it like in soccer games, everything. It's very common. Like as a chant? As a chant. Ooh, they just so now up. started cracking down on it. Oh, like, really? They will punish the teams if they catch like their... How do they punish the teams? Uh, so if everybody's yelling that, they can be like, you're suspended or whatever. Like they, they find ways to like, or you lose money or whatever. Like they'll okay. find, they've started like trying to like ban, stop this culture in stadiums, which mm-hmm. I find amazing. It's good that they're cracking like, down on it. Oh, I hate it. In yeah. five years, everybody will be like, I can't believe there was a time when we said that, that in stadiums, but mm-hmm. it's a very big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And even like, what Americans and North Americans, Canadians would call slurs, uh, we just call them, you know, it's just a bad word. It's profanity. It's profanity. Yeah. Uh, but people say it and it doesn't have the same weight. I just feel like there may to change. It, there's not a lot of people that are up in arms about it yet down exactly. there, right? That's it's probably what it is. It's starting to change now. Mm-hmm. But even like with racist shit, like 
it's just now starting to get the attention that it deserved. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like we're a little behind on that. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, um, I, as a social justice warrior and (laughs) sensitive snowflake, I have always taken these stances. Well, not always. I wasn't born educated. Uh, I was a problematic person up like 10 years ago. But uh, I have been like, woke to these things for a <laughs> yeah. while but uh, as a general culture no we're just mm-hmm. catching on to things that are super offensive uh in north america for us or just part of i feel like just just anybody outside of north america is just a year maybe not a year but a couple years behind it's a couple of the years progressive movement and right? that's the thing a couple of years is a lot it doesn't sure. look like a lot yeah, yeah yeah yeah. but it's a lot in terms of what is just like frowned upon and mm-hmm. what is just like fucking downright unacceptable <laughs> yeah and that's, that's when true. I so when Verdum said the uh slur the word yeah which was yeah and he said it with an M and it was just like horrifying I was kind of like I'm not defending him we should be like no you shouldn't say this mm-hmm. but I understand that for him it was less serious because mm-hmm. he didn't realize the ramifications of saying that because for right? us it's kind of like oh it's you shouldn't say this but whatever like you know like oh have you have you lost respect for him after that uh like i'm sure it damaged a little bit but it's it was a repair to be honest no because i know how much of the culture is still like that so it's more fueled by culture than it was actually him being a hateful person exactly right so it would be hypocritical of of me to be like no i like you less because you said this Mm -hmm. it's more like product of your environment I know that this is the culture and it's super toxic and I hate it and mm-hmm. we should all work to change it. And it's what I'm trying to do. Yep. For you sure. Know? Like with my podcast and with what I tweet and write about. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wasn't like, Oh, I think less of you because you said those words. Um, at the same time, I understand why it would be the case for other people. Yeah. But yeah, like when, when the, was it Peruvian? You Peruvian. Said? Yeah, yeah. When he, they heard that, it was probably like natural to them. He had no idea. Like he, he had goes, no what idea that about? it was like being super like even Segura was trying to explain to me. He goes, if you know somebody doesn't, uh, you know, uh, what do they identify as a male or a female, like a Latina or a Latino, they use Latinx, and oh. he had no idea what the fuck he's talking about. They use they use the accent in Brazil a lot. Mm-hmm. We have like a strong activist movement, like making That's waves, good. and I think it's just starting out. The axe is starting to become a thing. Uh, and last thing, I promise this will be the last thing, so I can get you <laughs> <I> here. <laughs> Enjoying the wine. The people. The Listening to us for like two hours. (laughs) Um, How multicultural is it down there? Like, I'm sure that must have been a kind of a when you first came to Toronto, you're just like, holy shit, there's so many different people. Not at all. I was like very like, (laughs) yeah. It's just insane because like uh, the hijab. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'd ever seen a woman with a hijab in Brazil. Yeah, probably never seen a turban down there either. Never. Right. Interesting. Never in person. So it was kind of like. you know, we have very different, like, a color palette. Interesting. <laughs> because, yeah, 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 like, that's we're true. very mixed people. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about that. Like, I'm very white. Yeah, Brazil. yeah, yeah. I'm considered a white person. I grew up among white privilege. And then I live in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're just like, I swear I'm one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> never. I know. You know what I mean. <laughs> but it's just confusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, I would never uh, take on a struggle in a culture that isn't my own. So yeah. it's kind of like I grew up with privilege. Yeah. I have to check and own up to my privilege. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's kind of like, 
<laughs> what? Have you ever heard of stories from down there in terms of people that were, sorry, <clears throat> racially discriminated against? Like, is that something prominent? Oh, in Brazil? it is. Racism is huge. Like, how, like the, the the difference between black and white Brazilians. It's huge. It's huge. It's Interesting. Huge. It's huge. You would you, and that's the thing. We're in denial about our racism, right? Because mm-hmm. like 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 that's the cop out. We're mm-hmm. so mixed. There's no way there's racism in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of colorism. Mm-hmm. So you see a lighter skinned black person be like, oh, they're barely black. It's kind of like that in North America too, though. Yeah. I feel like that. That's kind of, but I feel like it's America. changing. Remember like Obama kind of. even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in that's Brazil, true. People are like, oh, he's not black. And I'm like, he's black. No, he's black. <laughs> yeah. Just because exactly. like his skin is not as dark as we've seen in Brazil. Like he's black. Yeah. So that's, I think that we're a few years behind in that type of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very racist country. And it's very like, um, it's it sucks because people like oh you shouldn't because like what our version of affirmative action like even to get into schools we have the thing called quotas mm-hmm. and like there are racial quotas and people are like oh that's racist no it's not because unfortunately uh, being black in Brazil like more often than not you're poorer than hmm. white people just statistically because yeah. we had slavery mm-hmm. until not that long ago. So True. it's kind of like it trickled down. Yeah. So we're still a very unequal society. So racism is alive and well in Damn. Brazil. That's crazy. But yeah, that's, that's a lot why of denial I, about it. That's why I really like feel good in Toronto. Like I, like I, I'm more than happy that my parents decided to make the move here. Yeah. And I was like born here, everything like that. Like I'm, you're first generation, though. First generation Canadian. <clears throat> um, I like to call myself a coconut because I'm brown on the outside oh, and yeah. white on the inside. <laughs> I've heard that term. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, like we're very Westernized for sure. Like it's, I, I can speak my native language to a certain extent. So like when I went to go visit my cousins in India, it was tough for me to carry an intellectual conversation like kind of what we're having. Uh, it was more so like broken English and broken Punjabi trying to fucking mix together, right? <laughs> but they speak perfect English, your parents. No. Oh, my, my parents, um, my mom speaks English. Like she, like if you, like my, my girlfriend tried saying, uh, I, I want to wear a scandalous dress to the wedding or something. Yeah. Like that. She didn't know what a scandalous meant. Okay. Right? So it's to a certain extent. She can yeah. have a basic conversation with you, but if you try to pull out these big fancy words on her, she probably won't know what's, what's being said. My dad, um, he had like a, a brain injury way back in 2007. So he hasn't really been able to speak like he's yeah. a little bit more more of a child now in terms of like his development but before the injury like he tried flexing his english muscles, <laughs> muscles all the time like we'd be like dad let's just fucking go we we already bought this tv you don't have to talk to this best buy fucking manager anymore let's just go let's get out of here he goes, it's okay let's talk to him let's talk to him. i'm like no dad it's done it's over you don't need a deal we're done but, but uh, he wanted to he just wanted to flex his english yeah. muscles that's all it was i get that i i, I feel kind you of do like that too <laughs> people hear the little bit of an accent and then they just get completely surprised because probably make them look stupid yeah well, sometimes, like, <laughs> that's my goal like somebody asked me for like information directions early. oh wow this <laughs> is the person that got off the stop too early <laughs> before like is that the f- sorry i'm not from uh, here i know i look like i'm from here but it's, it's so cool and that's i was actually talking to my sister about that yeah just like riding like the bus in the subway and seeing so many different people yes it's so cool. I love it. I freaking love it. It's so cool. You don't you don't really don't have that in Rio. Even like in the night out, like here I went to like this Latin club with drag queens. Yep. And it was just so cool. It's just normal as fuck. I saw people from everywhere yep. and 
like you know like there are instances in canada where it is still a little like when i go visit my fiance's parents they live in the middle of nowhere and yeah it's kind of weird to see me at their fucking like parties (laughs) and all that stuff right like it took a little bit minute for her grandparents to like grasp that i'm not white (laughs) you know what i mean but they're totally full like i'm not saying that they're being racist or anything they're awesome they're actually one of the funniest thing is uh one of her uncles is like super like into dark comedy okay so when i first met him i put on an accent okay define dark comedy like like bill burr or uh, kind of bill burrish right like Okay. So when I met him, I put on an Indian accent for the f- first maybe twenty minutes, just to Indian fuck with him. <laughs> just to fuck with him. He thought that actually. Yeah. How and then him. before like I left, I like pulled out the real like how I actually talk, and every he got so red, but everybody else was in on the joke. <laughs> it fucking killed me. It was awesome, but That's they're just not used thing. to it. They're just not used like in the middle of nowhere. They're not yeah. used to seeing you know different people. Like that was a very. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just like a very German dominant area that they were yeah. from as well, right? So I don't know if it's in the blood or whatever the fuck it is. But no, but again, I have <laughs> I a friend know. who lives in Anaimo near Vancouver. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was there three times. Yeah. Customs guy was like, What are you doing in Anaimo for a third yeah. time? Like, yeah, you've exactly. seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> whatever and you need to see, it's gone. It's like, done. It's whatever over. it is, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. go. Nobody will know. Yeah. Uh, but it was super white. Yeah. The only places I would really live, to be honest, is Toronto and Vancouver. Exactly. That's it. There's only two places I'd be feel comfortable to like have my kids go around and do whatever the fuck they want type yeah. of thing, right? Still, so, like Canada sucked with First Nations people. Yes, I unfortunately I haven't really paid too much attention to it, but I know what's <laughs> I know what's going on. Like it's unfortunate. <laughs> Montreal is really good too. Actually, Montreal is really nice. Uh, Quebec City, not so much. They're a little bit racist over there, but they're a little bit like. They just want. They to want to be friends. They want to be fucking friends. They just want to do them. Yeah. What the fuck you doing in Quebec City? Not like interact with no, their ass. No, no. And they expect you to speak French to them. Okay, I've I've heard. I'm Bonjour. Like, That's all I got for you, brother. <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right. Let's enough on this. Well, actually, I think that's a perfect fucking podcast name for yourself. Uh, who came up with that? Me. You came up with this really? show? Yeah. It, I think it's perfect because it's you. It's totally fucking you. <laughs> like you. I'm not trying to say it like in a mean way. Like I think it's great. Like no, I, I, it's I, great I, to have an you. opinion on it and <laughs> on anything and to start off as well. Actually, this is my fucking thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I got mansplained a lot and I heard <laughs> a lot of well, actually. So I was like, I'm reclaiming well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I At love first, it was going to be I respectfully disagree. Oh, that's um, actually not bad. Which I thought was cool, like but then too. I was like. Dude, I've heard so many well actually. So yeah. If I'm gonna like tackle men being shitty online, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> people like that. <laughs> oh man, I I love the show. I love the guests that you've already had on. Esther Lynn is one of my favorites. Like, She's I actually when I work with the UFC in Calgary, uh, me, her, Ariel, and Casey went to a CFL game together because oh, cool. they gave the UFC gave us tickets yeah. and she was awesome. I think we're Facebook friends too, which is fucking weird, but <laughs> she, she's super awesome. Uh, Laura Sanko, like you said, was great. Uh, Dan stop even getting him on a podcast. It's kind of weird, but in a good way. Yeah. He's my boss. It's fucking awesome. He's, <laughs> he's great too. Like uh, that's a guy that I really respect because he's kind of been there from the beginning. Yeah. Started off fucking MMA junkie. You know, sold it, made however millions that he did. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he made. Millions, <laughs> Whatever the fuck he's so, making. Uh, yeah. Um, wouldn't know. Uh, let's let's end off on this. By the end of 2020, is there something that you want to accomplish? Oh, wow. 2020 is now. It's so it just started. It just started, but you have 12 months to make the most of this year. Oh, it's not that the much fuck do you want to think about it? I know. 2019? Like that. 
But is there anything, do you have a goal? Like, do you, are you going into this year being like, okay, I want to accomplish this or I want to do a documentary or whatever the fuck it is. No, you I don't go, I don't go into, I stopped doing that. Okay. Like I my, think that's a good thing too, though. My goals are internal. So yes. it's kind of like, I want to be able to like, be kinder on myself and to like, um, you know, know me a little more and forgive my mistakes a little more and be a little less insecure. So I work on these like tiny internal goals mm -hmm. and I just hope that they lead to good things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so far it's worked. <laughs> 2019, I started working for The Athletic, which is Big was gig awesome. there. Shout yeah. out. Shout out The Athletic. Uh, which is amazing. <laughs> really, I love it there. Yeah. You, know? you guys got a great group there. It's a great group, great content, great place to work at. But so, you, so it's kind of like that. I never go into anything with goals like I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, I really don't have them. It's not even like me being all high and mighty, like I'm superior. <laughs> I don't need this thing, these things. I just don't. Yeah. So, no, none of that. Just mm -hmm. like, Working on being better, a better version of me. And hopefully that will lead to good things. I know you're a couple glasses of wine in. Yes. But is there anything that you wanted to plug off the top of your head? Regardless, I'm going to put it in the bio or the description, sorry. But is there anything that you want to plug or let people know about? No, I just your like... Your podcast. Your, my podcast. Yep. Well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> there are a few. So and other MMA the things. And, shit, yeah. and the... the dot, dot, dot. dot, dot. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's the easiest way to it's um an oh, sorry, an iPad thing. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it, it's an iPad thing getting punched by a hand. I love I love the logo. With MMA gloves. Yeah, it's so, so awesome. So it's easy to find. Yeah. Uh, so that's my podcast. And then uh, I'm on Twitter, Nanda Prachis with the underscore at the end because so apparently there's another Nanda Prachis out there. Stealing that freaking name. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you. And um, the athletic. Yes. I just, I actually had somebody talking to me today, and he was like, "How can I support your work without like supporting the paywall or something?" And I was like, "Dude, the best way that you can support content is deeming it, you know, worth or you know, paying money for it." Yeah. So when you're supporting websites like The Athletic or just the freaking New York Times or whatever, like when you're paying that subscription, what you're saying is you're telling these people that what they're doing is worth money and mm -hmm. you're telling the company, you're giving them a place where they can work and people focus on quality over quantity and quality. That's the place. ultimate thank you is That's paying somebody. The ultimate thank you. Yeah. It's letting you be at a place where you can do your work and not care about clicks. Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to plug the athletic because Perfect. it's like the best thing you can do for, for writers and content creators like me is to do that. Perfect. I think that's the perfect way to end this podcast. Yes. You're the fucking best. Thank you Aww. for coming out here and not thinking that you're going to get kidnapped and <laughs> chopped up and thrown that's, in a garbage can or anything like that. That's now. You are the fucking best for doing this. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, I'm going to drop all of our info in the bio, uh, description below. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, any final words? Want to say something? No. I, uh, oh, they might be my literal final words, though. Wait, sorry, say that again? They might be my literal final oh. words. <laughs> I promise she's going to make it safe <laughs> to wherever the fuck she's staying at right now. And then whenever she goes back to Rio, she will be back in one piece. I promise you that. Nanda, thank you as always. You're you you the fucking best. I hope me. whenever you come back up to Toronto, we'll do this again. 
We'll do as long as you're not chopped up in like a garbage two bag. Months, so maybe, <laughs> maybe next even week. before. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'll do it anything. Uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys as always. Uh, and yeah, none is the best. <laughs>